Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Move Related Show on the Planet Earth, the John Campy Show. Everybody, right welcome to the Best Damn Move Related Show on, on my Planet YouTube Earth, the John channel. Campy and show. unfortunately, I've everybody got to right let, let me take care of that. Uh, it's one of those days, guys. I'm not even going to bother with the intro. <laughs> Fuck it. This day's been totally <laughs> fucked. Like, fucked right from the moment that I woke up and got out of bed. So, let me tell you how bad today's been. I'll tell you how bad today's been. This has been a totally bullshit day. So, we created a live event. We created a live event uh, for today's show. And you guys could see it. Actually, you can probably still see it. It's still on our YouTube channel. If you go over to our YouTube channel front page, you'll see it looks like there's two different versions of today's show. That's because we posted a version of today's show. But then YouTube totally screwed up and gave us no access to it. So we couldn't change it. We couldn't delete it. We wouldn't be able to start a live stream from it. And it's still there. Confusing. There's still people over on the other stream right now. Come on over, guys. Waiting for that other stream to start. But maybe they're developing friendships in the live chat. I doubt Aww. it. Have you been to the online world? That's very <laughs> unlikely. So we couldn't delete it. We couldn't do anything. Full. So the only thing we could do was to start a new event causing even more confusion and uh, that's why the show is starting late today unfortunately so we apologize to everybody who's here waiting for us to to uh, watch the show but yeah it's it's not been a good day and i don't expect it to get much better i'm expecting everything to go wrong on today's show it is and, april 1st and it is april 1st so fuck april 1st it's such a bullshit day such a bullshit april day already. april fools is so fucking stupid i hate it oh, i hate everything about today already Anyway, except for the fact that I'm joined by these lovely people in the room, starting off with, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett. John, I'd just like to point out that today, John, Hot Toys dropped their Moon Knight figure. Come on, dude. Ooh. Come on. It's not all bad. It's probably a lie. Yeah. I'm just going to say right now, it's probably a lie. That's how today is, Rob. It's a lie. I didn't. Oh, wow. No Moon Knight oh, figure yeah, for you. Right. Because it's a lie. I'm just here to yuck on everyone's yum today. If John today. isn't happy, nobody's right. happy. That's right. Fucking right. If John's not happy, nobody's going to be happy today. I will spoil every bit of joy in all of your miserable lives today. Damn. Also joining us today, fan of the loser Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, wow. Dude. Come Jesus. On wow. This guy watches Morbius and then he turns into something else. <laughs> Jeez, change your whole life, man. Yeah. He said it would. Well, they do say that one bad day turns you into the Joker. All yeah. it takes is one bad day. And one. I don't know what I can say. She, fucking Chris Carr is such a ray of sunshine, and she just got a new car. So I don't, I'm coming oh, up empty with Chris. Rob, Rob's probably so Chris, lying how about, are you doing? I'm good, but now I think Rob's maybe lying about my hair looking nice. Like, I don't know. Oh, no, no, I, I, think the, I think the people in the chat will back me up okay. and say you are having an extraordinarily good hair day today. So you are having a great hair day today, as a matter of fact. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, guys, and it is great to have you losers with us today. Too. Oh, wow. Everything Boy. sucks today. Wow. first. Wow. It's good to have you guys here joining us today. My voice you need to get slapped gone. again. Is that what you need? Maybe. Okay. He's choosing violence. The day has already slapped me, Rob. It's true. You're right. Yeah. We dubbed this Will Smith Day because it's just slapping all of us. Anyway. Audio intro loop. Oh, enter loop again. Who cares? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Just leave it on. Play the entire you know yeah. hours. Let's just do this again. How's that? Huh? How about that? Let's just do that. It's, it's just going to be one of those days. Anyway, guys, it is great to have you guys here for the beginning. Is it, though? It is. Come on. 
for not only the beginning of a brand new month, this is as crazy as it's been, but also the end of a week. It's Friday, guys. Congratulations for making it through to the end of another week. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend planned. I know we got a great weekend. We got Ann's birthday this Woo! weekend. Yeah! My birthday this yeah, weekend. about to eat some good food. We got we got a lot of food coming. We got It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you guys have a great weekend planned ahead of you as well. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics then in the second half of the show we're going to take your live comments and questions how do you get a live comment or question on the show that's easy you use the super chat feature that's in the youtube chat now you have to be watching the show live as we're doing it live oh and forget that i have to turn the super chats off because we've already reached maximum capacity so if you already had a super chat fired in Good news. We'll get to read it once we get to the end of the main topics. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, any space in there to have any more come in today, uh, unfortunately. All right, guys. With that down, let's actually get this thing started, shall we? Let's start with an off the top. And that off the top is this. You know, uh, Jonathan Majors is a hot commodity right now. Not only was he incredible in Lovecraft Country, which mm-hmm. I love that show, and why HBO has opted not to do a season two of it. It's bananas. It's completely beyond me. Majors was so good in that. And then, of course, he popped up in Loki as Kang and whatever other variants of him you want to say. And we've got him coming up in, of course, in Ant-Man 3, uh, which I'm looking forward to. But what a lot of people might forget about is that he's also going to be in Creed 3, the third Creed film. And this just came out. Now, the Daily Mail, which is, uh, you know, one of the kind of, what do they call it? The rags. One of the rags over in the UK. They got a hold of some pictures of Jonathan Majors on set of it. I mean, we don't know anything about the movie, but a couple of pictures of Jonathan Majors on set. And dear Lord, this, to call this guy jacked is an understatement it is not quite john cena level don't get me wrong not quite john cena level but dude majors has got himself completely yoked i mean if you want to talk about oh dear heavens now this is a this is a presenter at the oscars who would not get smacked by anybody but i mean dear heavens look at the physique on this guy he is, and, and I've seen him in other things too. It's like he's always been in good shape, but man, he really committed to this. He clearly got himself in remarkable physical shape. Which, listen, if you're going to go toe to toe in a movie with Michael B. Jordan, who already, I get it, his name in the movie is Adonis, but he is a freaking Adonis. If you're going to get your shirt off and go toe to toe in a ring scene with Michael B. Jordan, you better bring your A game. Like, you better put in a year of hard, hard work on the weights because you know Michael Jordan is going to look fan-freaking-tastic. And Jonathan Majors has clearly dedicated himself to this at the same time. Anyway, Rob, you have to take a look at this. Number one, honestly, we forget to talk about Creed Three a lot. It's just one of those films that are coming. Michael B. Jordan is, of course, directing this one, which is really cool to see. But, I mean, we were excited that Jonathan Majors joined it. He's clearly 100% committed to this role because this dude looks fantastic. What are your thoughts? Dude, one of the most important things, I, I, I liked the, I've liked both Creed movies. I, I thought the first one was better than the second one, but I still like the second one. It made me like Drago. I like the second one, too. Well, I liked it. Uh, I think, you know, I'm hoping that this will be the Fury Road of the Creed franchise. Ooh. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I hate to say it, but the antagonist in a Rocky film 
or a Creed movie is important. You know, you you the antagonist. Absolutely. You really need somebody, and, and it's not just somebody who's a cardboard villain. You want somebody that's that's colorful, like Mr. T said. What do you predict about this fight? Pain. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on over here, woman. You know, I mean, you need a villain that you you can uh, that you can root against. And I'll tell you, I mean, this guy. Uh, well, I don't know what his name, his character name is. I can't I, wait. We to, know nothing about. I the can't character. wait to nothing. find out what his character name is. He might not even be like a bad guy. He may just be the antagonist, but not necessarily. Or he could be our next Thunderlips Hogan, or our next Fifteen <laughs> Lang, or whatever. All I know, all I know, is these images of him. I'm sold. I don't. I don't know what happens in this movie. I don't know what it's about. I love Michael B. Jordan, but I want to see Michael B. Jordan go off. This guy's not a robot. He's not a cyborg. <laughs> he's not an android. This is a real human being who's 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 sculpt forged himself into <laughs> Iron Man. I just, I mean, a real Iron Man. I want to see the fight, dude, because you know Creed, the first Creed, Ryan Coogler, those long take fights were awesome. Yeah, they were really, really. They were well awesome. Done. And I, I, what do you think as the fight? guy yeah Ray, you're yeah. you're 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 the boxing guy here and i know you love these movies so what do you think about this that first fight in creed one was magnificent that one shot that one take i've never seen anything like it before as far as jonathan majors is concerned i really want to see him not as like the brooding brooding bad guy but I want his story to somewhat be like maybe he idolized Apollo Creed. See, that, see he, that, yeah. he has the same Apollo Creed kind. He of has the same style. Yeah. He's smooth, um, but he's he's brought up through like a hard sort of life, so he's tough. I want him to, because you know how Adonis is like brought up like in the nice, like he's and, a rich and, kid. Yeah, he's a rich kid. I want um, this villain's life to be complete opposite. Yet his style in the ring is absolutely smooth and technical like Apollo Creed because Apollo Creed is my favorite character in all of the Rockies. He's what I think should be. Every boxer should be like very confident, slick in the ring, makes people miss shots. I want to see a different villain in this one that actually looks like like gives uh, the um, Adonis Creed a hard time and in, 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 in not of a dissing way on the mic way. But just like in a, I don't know, like, it's almost like he's facing his father in the ring. Something well, like that. Let me I ask don't. Chris. I wonder what Chris thinks of it. Chris, I, I don't even know. I mean, I took you to go see Hobbs and Shaw, to which when was he sat down, you, you turned to me and said, does it matter that I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies? And I'm like, what? So I don't even know if you've seen the Creed films. But what are your thoughts? on? I those? have seen the Creed films, actually. Um, what a weird, angry, horny opening we're doing today, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving today's energy. This is going to be a fun show. Um, I think this is great. If you were going to have him go toe-to-toe with Michael B. Jordan, like y'all are saying, you got to deliver that kind of physique, right? I need to believe that these guys are these fantastic, magnificent fighters, and we see that they're putting in the training and everything. Um, I've recently started getting into boxing and MMA a little bit more because my my kickboxing instructor, Travis, will show us fights before class to show us like, okay, this is how you break a jaw. This is what you're going to do today, which is really fun. So I'm I'm getting real excited about this one. You know, it also makes me thirsty for Kang. Yeah. Can you imagine if yeah, what are they gonna do like Kang, Kang yeah. does some time traveling back to ancient Egypt or something, you know, and he's Ramatep looking like this, coming out in like kingly robes in front of worship me. I'm like, I will, sir. But he's yes, really I just will. known for wearing the garbage bag, right? Like when you look at Kang, he's just the, the classic look is the garbage bag. But obviously they can 
that the director will have, well, Pey Peyton Reed will have many more options available to him. Hey, anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to see these images of Jonathan Majors? If so, what do you think? Are you even looking forward to Creed 3? I, I mean, I didn't like Creed 2 as much as Creed 1, but I no. still liked it. But the, I, I really like this Creed franchise. What are you guys thinking? Whatever you're thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampionshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? We are kicking things off with Eric Thomas. Obi-Wan Kenobi is out in less than 60 days. And thanks to the WGA, we now know who is writing the first five episodes of the show. And a name that sprung out to me was Andrew Stanton. Stanton is most famous for writing and directing Finding Nemo and WALL-E, as well as co-writing all four Toy Story films. As a big fan of Stanton's work, the news that he co-wrote at least one episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi makes me really happy. What do you think about this? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, listen, I am a big fan of Andrew Stanton. I think the guy's great. I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, while they were doing press for John Carter, formerly known as John Carter of Mars. Also one of the worst advertised and marketed movies in film history for a movie that's actually really damn good. Yep. I really like John Carter that he directed. Of course, now he cut his teeth and got his fame doing stuff with Pixar. He wrote all four of the Toy Story films. He directed Wally, -E, and I believe he wrote that as well. Uh, I think he directed Finding Dory. He did. If I'm not mistaken. But he's also done a lot of uh, television and stuff like that as well, amidst, amidst all the things. In his director's credits, he's got, as we already kind of mentioned, uh, the Wally, -E, the the various Pixar things. He also directed a little bit of Legion, the TV series. He's directed multiple episodes of For All Mankind, which is a show that all of us in this room like a lot. Uh, he directed some Better Call Saul. He's done a lot of that sort of thing. So the news coming out that they have got him to do at least some of the writing on Obi Wan. I mean, as if we weren't or didn't already have enough reasons to be excited for Obi-Wan. Anyway, this comes from the folks over at Slashfilm who write the following. They say this. Star Wars and Andrew Stanton, a popular fan choice to direct any number of Star Wars movies over the years, certainly feels like a match made in heaven. The director has previously cited the original movie and the overall franchise's influences on his work, such as Wally or especially John Carter. But after the latter film largely crashed and burned upon release in the theaters, because it was so badly marketed, almost exactly a decade ago, Stanton has largely stuck to contributing to various Pixar animated movies, most recently Finding Dory and Toy Story 4, television shows such as Stranger Things, Better Call Saul, Tales from the Loop, and For All Mankind Included, and various documentaries. I'll tell you what, this was not a name I was expecting to hear brought up in the Obi-Wan writer's room. But the writers of Slash Home are completely correct. What a welcome name to there. Because he is a Star Wars fanatic, Andrew Stanton is. He's talked so many times over his career about the influence that Star Wars has had over the various projects he's worked on over the years. He's right at home in it. And listen, it's just one episode. From what, from what we know, it's just one episode that he wrote. 
But the very fact that he's writing, contributing to this overall narrative and story that we're getting, to me, is nothing but good news. I'm totally excited about this. Rob, you hear about Andrew Stanton. Number one, what do you think about Stanton in general, and what do you think about his addition to the writer's room here? Well, like you, I'm a huge fan of John Carter, and I think his animation work is wonderful. I mean, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, and the Toy Story movies are some of the finest animated films ever made. Uh, And what's so great about them is character and story. The way he's able to establish characters and stories and in a fantastical environment, man, he makes you care about fish. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like you bring that kind of talent uh, into a Star Wars show. John, you know, when I rail against our favorite franchises, whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars, what I'm really asking for is great writing and great characters. That's it. That's the that's the beginning and that is the end of all of our favorite favorite franchises. All the other things can can be worked out. But character and story, that's the key to any great storytelling. And Andrew Stanton is a great storyteller. And for them to have uh tapped him to work on the show, come on, man. It can it doesn't get much better. It really doesn't. Chris, you hear about this. When you look at the career of Andrew Stanton, what stands out to you? And what do you think about his addition to this uh, to this show? I love that he's being added to this because think of all of the wonderful moments he's brought us without dialogue and how much yeah. beautiful storytelling he does there. I mean, almost all of Wally. You absolutely know how these characters feel about each other without barely any dialogue. It's yeah. incredible. Or that beautiful moment in Finding Nemo of the when I'm with you, I'm home. That line that Dory delivers just crushes me every time I hear, and it's fish. It's fish. (laughs) So having him on board makes me so, so happy because we are going to get back to, like Rob was saying, that beautiful, beautiful character work here. And that's what I want from the series, right? I know how things unfold in Star Wars. We've seen those movies, y'all. We're very aware of them. So I want to see how these characters are living in these moments in between. All right, guys. Question is for you, what do you think about Andrew Stanton being added to Obi-Wan, that he has written one of the episodes we're getting? I, for one, am thrilled. Great, it's just one of the episodes, but still, I think this is great knowing that they have that caliber of talent being on this stuff. What do you think about Andrew Stanton, and where's your anticipation level for Obi-Wan right now? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the Building Your Streaming class taught by ninjas so you can sharpen up on your streaming skills. Or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was Business Leadership by the great Big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely in enthralled with it. I love every single minute of this stuff. 
If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a John Campy Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash Campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash Campia. And a big thank you to the folks at Masterclass. No joke, guys. I love Masterclass. There's like, I can almost play roulette with it, close my eyes, go through whatever, <laughs> hit play, and there'll be something really cool to enjoy. Anyway, guys, check it out. And thank you to Masterclass for being a sponsor of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? This one comes from Clark Kent. No. Yeah. Have you ever seen him without his glasses? No. Mm, me neither. Recently, Shazam director David Sandberg was asked about whether he would ever direct a Superman film. His answer was no, because many fans go into CBM films with different interpretations of the character already in their mind that it just pisses them off regardless of the film's established story and tone. I think this raises a really interesting topic that also was also discussed in Man of Steel's movie club episode that for these Superman Batman films that people go into these movies already expecting a certain interpretation, even though they haven't watched the film. What are your thoughts on this preconceived notion topic of CBM films? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And listen, I am just I am a big fan of David Sandberg, like not just because of what he did with Shazam, but lights out. I love Lights Out. It is, I think, the greatest horror short film in YouTube history. Oh, that's great. I really do. I, I think it's the best YouTube short horror story. And then a studio actually gave him money to go and make that short film into a feature, which is everybody's dream when they make a short film. Like, that is the dream. Absolutely. Everybody who makes a short film on YouTube, their dream is some studio sees and goes, here's some money, go make a major motion picture feature. And he did, and I remember thinking, how the hell do you turn that, that concept, which was awesome, but how do you turn that into a full-length feature film? And he did it. And then he came over to do Shazam. And I was like, really? The, the lights out guy? Okay, whatever. I love Shazam. It is my second or third favorite DCEU movie. Uh, obviously behind Man of Steel. And uh, then maybe tied with, maybe just behind the new James Gunn Suicide Squad. But I think Shazam was utterly fantastic. I love it. I like it more than most people do, granted. But I thought he did a great job. So, yeah, somebody got him on social media and said, what other DC projects would you like to do Superman? And he basically said no. But I'm actually really fascinated by why he said no. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR wrote the following. During a Q&A on Instagram, Sandberg was asked if there's another DC hero he'd like to direct. At one point, I would have said Superman. But there are so many different expectations and hardcore fans, you're going to piss off so many people no matter what you do, Sandberg wrote. Seeing how people react to things like The Last Jedi makes me want to stay away from things like that. Shazam was perfect in that there hadn't been many ad adaptations before. There are still people who think it was uh, done wrong, but it was on a manageable level. And that, of course, comes to us from Shazam director David Sandberg. And... Sandberg is absolutely right, and Clark Kent was absolutely right as well, who wrote in. We were discussing this a little bit on our Man of Steel movie club episode that we did this past week, in that a lot of people, and, and this is true of more than just Man of Steel, this is true of a lot of franchise stuff, 
people approach a movie with a preconceived idea about what it is supposed to be before they ever see it, right? Some people say, why did they change Superman? Well, change from what? There's like 500 different iterations of Superman in the comics. Which one were you hoping for? And this is why when people ask me, John, who should play whatever role? I say, I don't do X actor and X role things because I don't know what the writers of that new movie have in mind for what their version of X character is going to be. And since I don't know what their version of the character is, I don't have an idea. If you had asked me before seeing or reading anything about Christopher Nolan's Joker, I I would never have picked Heath Ledger. Maybe I would have, though, if I had read the script and saw what they were going for. I never would have picked, I mean, you you name it. There, there's a lot of, never would have picked Hugh Jackman to play Wolverine. Yeah. Nobody on the planet would have picked Hugh Jackman to Singing play Wolverine. Singing, dancing guy? Come on, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, the Broadway six, show guy? Six plus feet tall. The Australian, yeah. six foot three. Nah. Yes, Don? No. But <laughs> now we can't imagine it without him, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons why I always say when you talk about these movies, it's okay to have speculation. Just don't let your speculation become expectation. And David points it out. Well, I want to look at this quote again when he says, "Um, at one point I would have said Superman, but there are so many different expectations and hardcore fans. You're going to piss off so many people no matter what you do. He's right. No matter what way you do Superman, you're going to piss off a bunch of people. Because I'll tell you what, Zack Snyder gave us a fucking awesome Superman. He gave us an awesome Superman. But it was not what a lot of people preconceived in their minds what it was going to be and what what they thought Superman would look like or sound like. And therefore, I just simply didn't go in. Now, there's a bunch of people who watched Man of Steel and just didn't like it because it didn't work for them. And that's fine. That's great. But I've also heard from a lot of people that said, that's not my Superman. That's nothing like Christopher Reeves' Superman. And you're, you're right. It's not like Christopher Reeves' Superman. And it shouldn't be. But but that's the thing. You go into these things, and then he brings up the Last Jedi example, you know, which brings it to another level. Because, listen, David Sandberg's not just the first the first filmmaker to bring up the Last Jedi. Dave, um, uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who I think is one of the most exciting filmmakers in the business today. I remember last year, I remember he said, oh, yeah, man, no, I'll never do a Star Wars movie. I saw what the Star Wars fans did to Ryan Johnson. I'm not, I'm not going to make a Star Wars movie. And now we're kind of hearing the same, in spirit, the same kind of thing from a David Sandberg. We as fans can be really awesome, and we as fans can be pretty dickish sometimes. Yep. We're about to talk about Morbius in a little bit. <gasps> and all I can say to Daniel Espinosa is, hey, dude, thank you for giving it your best shot. You can interpret what you think that means once we go and talk about Morbius in a bit. I like life. <laughs> I like li- Yeah, I like yeah. life too. It's pretty good. But I mean, all I can say is, hey, man, you know what? You took a shot at Morbius. Thank you for giving it a shot. But I mean, he's right. We as fans can be pretty nasty um, when that doesn't happen. And I think if I think there are more directors who feel the same way that Christopher McQuarrie did, that David Sandberg did. Anyway, Rob, you hear Sandberg's comments here. What do you make of it? It's not surprising, and I, I tend to agree with him. You know, John, what's interesting to me, uh, and, and we, we did, I really thought our movie club 
not to pat ourselves on the back, but why shouldn't we? Our movie club was pretty good about Man of Steel. I thought we had a really great conversation. I loved our conversation. About I thought it was really great. Um, but one of the things about Man of Steel, and it's 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 it, the movie's not even called Superman because Superman isn't Superman yet. That's why it's called Man of Steel. But the thing about Man of Steel is it starts from scratch and rebuilds the Superman mythos for that particular movie. The same way that Christopher Nolan went back and rebuilt the Batman mythos within the context of his Batman Begins, then his Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. And I would think that as fans, when a filmmaker does that and starts from scratch and says, okay, I'm going to give you some familiar, and then I'm going to do an update of this character and try and set this character, what would it mean if Superman showed up in our world today? Clearly, that's what they're doing. And it's frustrating, I think, for you and I to watch a movie like Man of Steel. And I thought the movie did a pretty good job of establishing its version of the Superman mythos and give us a Superman that is true to that new version of the myth that is self-contained in that movie. And yet, when people are criticizing Man of Steel, they're criticizing stuff that's not in the movie. They're criticizing something that the movie hasn't given you. They're going, but Superman's supposed to be this way. And like you'd pointed out, not in this film, he's not. Like, you might not appreciate or like what they're presenting to you, but they've built it up from scratch, just like you read an Elseworlds tale where Superman lands in Russia or, or Gotham by Gaslight, where Batman's in the Victorian era. And when they do something like this, I would expect fans who are astute would go, okay, but we don't. You know, a lot of fandom is like, nope, you know, it's got to be the way this movie was 50 years ago. Well, you couldn't do that anyway. And so I think Sandberg, one, it makes me sad that a talented filmmaker is put off perhaps making a genre movie that we might find to be fantastic. You know, I, I would love to see a Chris McQuarrie Star Wars movie. Love it. And I bet it would be great because Chris McQuarrie's not Tory. He's a writer and a director. And he'd probably come up with something. I mean, so is Ryan Johnson. But, you know, something different, something more along the lines, because I think Chris McQuarrie is more uh, he fits that material more. But it just makes me sad that there's a filmmaker that we as fans have driven away from potentially giving us what could be a wonderful movie. Chris, you hear uh, what Sandberg is talking about here. I mean, the idea after seeing what he did with something with the sensibilities of a lights out and what he did with Shazam, which I completely I adored, Shazam. and he even slipped in a little Superman mm-hmm. into Shazam. I really would have liked to have seen a, a Superman movie under him. But what do you think about him saying he wouldn't do it and his reasons why? What do, what's your take on it? I mean, I'm with you. I'd love for him to do Superman because look at all the joy he found in Shazam. And yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I love that film. That is probably one of my favorite DCEU films. I think it is just so delightful. Um, I, I really wish that he'd do that, but I completely understand it. You know, we are all guilty of this. And let's let's not pretend that I've never done this, right? I, I came for the first season of Umbrella Academy. If this is not comic book accurate, and why did they do this to Cha-Cha? And I don't like this, you know? And then I kept watching the show and went, oh, they had a plan and they did things. And now I understand. And that's why I wasn't in the writer's room. These folks got it down, right? We got to sometimes let things breathe. We got to let things percolate before we can really come to a decision on it, right? Um, I understand not not diving in, though, when this is how the public reacts to things. I'm a big Last Jedi stand, and I I really, really hated to see how people reacted to that film. This is not my Star Wars. This is not what I want. 
not everything is for you. Like how not everything is made for me. I have to understand that certain things are made for other people to but enjoy. But you did love Morbius. Oh my God. There's actually two <laughs> things I really liked and I'm excited to talk to you about it um, for the most part. No. And I, and I hope someone else though finds so much joy in that film because good for them. But if we all attack everything in a way that's, this isn't made for me, so it's not made for anyone, then what's the point of making movies? Because if we all have the same perspective, life is entirely boring. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's one of the the knocks against us as a fandom is that sometimes we tend to be gatekeepers. Yeah. We tend to be like, if, uh, like, let me tell you, you're only a real fan of this thing if you like it the way I like it. And I think we've all been guilty of that. Absolutely. I, I think all I of us have been guilty. <laughs> Not even one time. I, but I, I, but it's true. I think everybody watching this, and I think everybody on this show, I think we've all been guilty of that from time to time. Yeah. And, and and I can see, especially if you're a director like Samberg, you see the way fans treat some filmmakers sometimes. They go, well, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And I think it's a shame because I think there's probably a lot of great filmmakers that aren't saying this publicly, but are probably privately, yeah, I'm never going to make one of those movies because mm-hmm. I've seen how, whether it's the Marvel fandom, the DC fandom, the Star Wars fandom, the Harry Potter fandom, I've seen how they can treat filmmakers if they don't like which way things go so it's it's i think it's a lesson for all of us as film fans myself included anyway guys question is for you what do you think about this david sandberg saying he wouldn't do a man of steel movie because of these things do you see where he's coming from do you maybe think he's overreacting to it whatever you guys think jump down in the comment section below and let us know your thoughts okay guys with that down let's move on to main topic number three chris what is our third main topic today? Third topic, I am going to try to be even keeled, y'all. Just in light of what we just talked about. Steven Santana. Hey, John and crew, it's game day. I know you got a <laughs> chance to see Morbius tonight and wanted to know y'all's thoughts on it. My girlfriend and I saw it and were disappointed. It's always sad when you go into a movie really excited, but it disappoints. But as you say, all film is subjective and I want to know your thoughts. Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Game day. Game day. <laughs> Couldn't this have been rained out? Game day, <laughs> Morbius day was yesterday. Went to see mm. Morbius. Apologies to people who were looking for my out of the theater reaction. I literally just forgot. Like we we finished the movie, Ann and I walked out. We started talking about dinner, and then I just completely forgot to stop. Oh and just, sure, no, John. What an excuse! I just Come totally forgot to stop. I mean, that sucks because that could have been like a fifty, sixty thousand view video if I did that. But I straight up just forgot to do it. Yeah. So uh, that's polite. Anyway. And it's just as well, because here we are, we can now talk about Morbius. All right. You guys know, it's a little bit of preamble here. You guys know that I have been very excited for this film uh, for a couple of years now. I've loved the trailers. I've loved the clips. I think Jared Leto is a tragically underrated actor. I don't like what he did his shit, but whatever. The guy's an Academy Award winning actor. He's completely fantastic. I love the guy. That being said, I've also been very concerned about things that we've heard the last week or two about some of their early reactions and the review embargo lifted only 24 hours before the movie opened sorry 23 hours before the movie opened and then once came out weren't all that great uh even the positive reviews were saying some phrases that made us laugh uh and as of right now as of this moment morbius uh is sitting at a very respectable 15 percent I still think there's a zero missing there. I think it's supposed to be 105% rating, but but it's missing, so it's 15%. So off I go to see Morbius. And by the way, the audience score right now, 
with over 500 verified viewings are saying 64%. So this there's a pretty big gap here between what the critics and, and what the audiences are going to go see. I mean, still not the best score, but not bad. So I went to go see Morbius. It's not good. <laughs> Game day! <laughs> no, we need a boo, right? <laughs> but... I, I will also say this. I did not think it was a train wreck. I, I didn't think it was all that bad, but it wasn't good. Like, it's not a movie I can recommend people go see. I actually found the first half of the film not bad. Um, I kind of like... I, this isn't really a spoiler at all. Like, the, the trailers may lead you to believe that when he goes to that cave and the bats come out, you think he's going to encounter some kind of monster, some kind of... Nosferatu monster that's yeah. going to turn him into Morbius. None of that. It's all it's all science based, uh, which I thought was very interesting. I really like because the movie starts by showing us him as a child, and Matt Smith as a child, and I actually kind of liked it. That uh, that was I found that to be surprising. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was surprising. It was great, and obviously, I'm always a big fan of uh, 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 Richards son um and he was in matt smith nope no no no, no the doctor uh dumbledore's oh. son oh golly uh why am i freezing on his name he was just the star of chernobyl he was the main star oh, jared of harris harris yeah. thank you richard harris of course son. yeah yes. I, 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 sure. but jared harris in anything i i like criminally underused in this movie though yep criminally underused criminally underused in everything including chernobyl even though he was the main star of it but that whole context the whole scenario then we see like he's this world-renowned doctor in his pursuit of a cure he's been curing other people it's like i actually found myself by the end of the first act going okay this ain't bad let's see where it goes it just never goes anywhere and it just doesn't really do anything and here's kind of the worst part about it is as the movie's going along, you can tell the pieces are there. The the pieces are there. I, I actually thought Leto was great. I thought Leto did everything he could do in the role as, you know, as the whatever. I thought and a lot of people praising Matt Smith. I actually, I love Matt Smith. Didn't love him in this. I do in the first half. Yeah. First, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go there. Yeah, I didn't mind him in the first half. But then I don't kind of like the way he did things afterwards and i don't know if that's a script issue or just the the, his creative choices and how he played it um and then it just gets to coin chris carr it kind of just gets really for why okay this (laughs) happens now and you're like huh why and then this happens i'm like "Uh uh-huh okay how and why and then particularly near the climax of the film i'm not going to give away what it is all of a sudden, Morbius manifests an ability and a power that you're like, that makes no sense in relation to how this entire rest of the movie set up everything. Yeah. Like, at all. And quite frankly, an incredibly anticlimactic ending. Like, I'm not talking about the post-credit scenes. An incredibly anticlimactic ending that is just like, oh, wait, that was that was it? That was it. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Not to mention, uh, again, I'm not going to get into the spoiler part of it, but just a creative choice they made about 
how Matt Smith is in the second half of the film. It's like, that doesn't seem consistent at all with what we've learned in the first half of the movie. I just, um, Morbius has, a, Dr. Morbius has a bit of a love interest in the film. I like the relationship. I did. I liked it. I mean, you know, not Tony Pepper kind of like, but that worked for me. That was fine. Um, a lot of people complaining about some of the CGI. I actually really like the visual style they chose for the film. Uh, I particularly like the way we saw it in some of the trailers, but the way the visual images for both his sonar and his movement. I actually really kind of dug the way it visually looked. Can somebody tell me why Tyrese was in this movie? No. And that's no knock on Tyrese, by the way. Not No knock on him at all. Why was that character there? Like you kept both ex- the cops, both of them. You kept expecting there to be some connection, some relevance. It's like, oh, this is going to come into play later. Oh, look, the credits are rolling. Guess it didn't. There's one throwaway line of their connection, but you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but even that line I Me. thought was going to lead to right? something, right? No, and it ultimately didn't. All roads just went down the toilet. <laughs> so I'm just like, why? Well, if you know the ending of the film, she's not far off. But I was like, okay, why did they do that? And again, the movie's not terrible. Like, you watch these scenes, you're like, okay, these are competently done. I, I get it. But they don't ultimately go anywhere. And when you even do get to some big climactic thing, it ends very anticlimactically. And God, I cannot do this without mentioning the post credit scenes. Oh. Because the post-credit scenes, and this is the part that concerns me, <laughs> the post-credit scenes are not only bad, they represent a horrible decision-making process by the filmmakers involved. And the studio. And the, that inclu- I include the studio in that. Now, if you don't want to know what the post-credit scene is, and let us I'm going to guess probably about 80% of you watching this have already found out what the post credit scene is, yeah. but I'm going to give you a, an opportunity right now just to mute your computer until we start the next topic. So if you, you don't want to know anything about the post credit scene, go ahead and mute your computer, but I cannot do this review without talking about the post credit scene. All right. You've been warned. You ready? Go ahead and mute your computer. Here we go. The introduction of Michael Keaton and his vulture not a bad decision if you if you got something in mind. That was fine. The first post-credit scene, kind of weird, but okay, fine. The second post-credit scene. Ray, you had asked me once if I thought they were going to use this movie, the post-credit scene, to set up another Sinister Six, to which I said they won't possibly. They learned their lesson. <laughs> when they did The Amazing Spider-Man 2, about trying to shoehorn and force an out of nowhere. It's like, oh, look, now this villain's here. Now this is, oh, let's be the Sinister Six and let's set up this all up. And that fell flat. And so I said, no, no, they're not going to do that because they learned their lesson. (laughs) Wow, did I overestimate them because they didn't learn their lesson. And out of nowhere, by the way, Michael Keaton's character in homecoming is not straight up evil he's not a straight up evil dude i mean he went the wrong way he made some bad decisions he had to be stopped but he wasn't a straight up evil dude for them to out of nowhere 
him just show up. First of all, where did he get the Stark tech yeah. to remake the, the, the Vulture outfit? He just found it, okay. Because remember, in Homecoming, he was he accumulated this alien tech and Stark tech to make this, fine. So he shows up there, whatever. Number one, how did he, when the law enforcement can't get a hold of Morbius, how did he get a hold of Morbius to arrange a meeting in the desert? And why would Morbius even show up to it? And then just that whole lame, I think we should team up. That sounds like a line a fucking fourth grader would write. And then he says, let's team up. And then they had Cheerios and said, yay. Let's team up and do some good. Yeah, I think we, if we team up, we can do some good. And like, Morbius is not a villainous guy. He's not a bad guy. And again, to me, the most concerning part was somebody at Sony did not learn the lesson from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And that was a real sour note to me on ending a movie that, Rob, you used the word before we started the show today, watchable. I would I would endorse that. It is somewhat watchable, yeah. though not good, but somewhat, not a, certainly not one of the five worst comic book movies I've ever seen, but what a sour way to end it. What a sour way to end it. Anyway, uh, without going into spoilers other than the, the post-credits scene that we discussed, yeah. Chris, you've been looking forward to this movie so much. Oh, uh, she is that takes tip. Sure is. What did you think about Morbius? My expectations were met. <laughs> so let's talk about what I liked first. In the beginning of this film, I really did like the relationship between Jared Leto and Matt Smith. I thought they had some great conversations. I enjoyed their camaraderie, and I went, "Oh my gosh!" I might. There was a moment where I thought this was going to turn around for me, and then it didn't. Um, from pronouncing Nobel Prize wrong to the the wonderful reveal of you found my bat cage. I thought I was hiding it so well. Like, there were so many things of just what or why? What is happening? It feels like, and this is what Rob and I were talking about uh, before the show. It feels like a 90s superhero film that is not done well. It just feels like a bad 90s superhero film before we had the MCU, the DCEU, all these other excellent comic book movies. And I know it's hard to compare things against what we have right now, but I mean, the look of Matt Smith in mar- parts made me think of Howie Mandel's little monsters. Like the <laughs> ADR was so horrific. Yeah, and, and that's where I was led to think this is this is a lot of studio interference because... It just, you could tell they were trying to completely cover up bits and not doing it well. They had time. They had time to go back and do it well. That's what I'm so confused about with this one. So I'm just, I'm just not sure how so many things went wrong. Cause that for me, it's not particularly watchable. It was, it was not the dumpster fire that I kind of imagined it to be, (laughs) but it still was my, My husband and I left that theater and he looked at me and said, wow, that made Spider-Man 3 look like fucking King Lear. (laughs) I love the comparison. He's much more optimistic than me. He loves everything. So (laughs) I almost slept on the couch last night because I'm making him see that movie. (laughs) Rob, you had a chance to go in there and and watch it. You saw it last night in a brand new theater that you'd never been into before. What were your basic impressions of Morbius? The Harkins theaters were nice. The Harkins Theater, I, went, I was excited. That was like the highlight of this entire sojourn. Um, John, you know, 
I have always loved vampire movies. And there are kind of two different kinds of vampire movies. There is the science-based vampire film where this is sort of a naturally occurring thing. I, I would put into that category uh, the great Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark, which right. is one of my favorite vampire movies of all time, or The Hunger, uh, Tony Scott's The Hunger, his first feature film. Those are two of my favorite modern vampire movies. Then there's the whole sort of the the Bela Lugosi or the Hammer Studios Dracula, where there's a supernatural element that that is steeped in faith. So there's obviously the devil exists somewhere, their God exists somewhere, and in order to defeat this satanic or supernatural evil, you have to have faith. And that's like a Fright Night, another favorite, more modern vampire movie for me. So I always want to go into a movie looking at, this is clearly the science-based vampirism. But then, you know, he flies. And it's just like they, they wanted to make it more superheroic vampirism, which you could do, which is fine. But I, it bothered me that I don't really think, I mean, this is Morbius the Living Vampire. There's a lot of comic book stories with this character. He's had his own comic book. You know, there's a lot of stuff to delve into. And I felt like they were almost kind of embarrassed in a way that yeah. that they were embarrassed of what they're making. And and Daniel Espinosa, I like the movie Life. You know, um, he made that movie with Denzel Washington, The Safe House. Was it Safe House? You know, with Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds. Right, yeah, that's a great film. Uh, I, I like that, that film. Wonderful. I like that film a lot. So he's not a bad director. But it always comes down to the script and the screenwriters. I mean, you know, much as I want to defend gods of Egypt, I would not say it's a hill to die on. You had the writers from that. I felt that the 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 writing of this movie, like in a 90s superhero movie, was almost embarrassed to be a superhero movie or that it came from Marvel Comics or a, a supervillain movie, however you want to. So when I was watching this film, I'm like, I don't feel the filmmakers or the studio knew what movie they wanted to make, which is fascinating to me. I mean, X-Men came out 22 years ago, Brian Singer's X-Men. Since then, we've seen good comic book movies, not so good comic book movies. And if you think back in the 90s, we basically had, we had Blade, which was good. And I'm like, well, if you wanted to make a cool vampire movie, look no further than Blade. This needed a little bit more Blade in it, in my mind where it created really cool, there's a whole vampire society and, and all of that, and there still was supernatural stuff in it. And when I was watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, what is this movie supposed to be? Yeah. What am I supposed to take away from it? I mean, here there's a little bit of a cop procedural. Here there's a little bit of terminal disease. I'm dying. Here there's a little bit of familial drama, my childhood best friend. All, I mean, all this stuff was, none of it worked. None of it paid off very well. It all felt like, and I, I'm sure watching this movie, that there was more to it, and they cut a lot of a lot of stuff out. It felt like you were pointing out, Chris, really bad ADR, like last minute ADR. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, what did you cut out of the film? And clearly, there was a lot of references that were not in the movie that we saw in the trailer, which was odd to me. Mm -hmm. Like, wouldn't you want to have those? I, I just felt. That for whatever reason, this movie was overcooked and half-baked at the same time. I just wish there was some more soul to it. Yeah. yeah, and you know yeah, what? There, there wasn't a lot of heart to it. For, you'd think the great thing about vampire movies is that great vampire movies give their vampires a soul. Mm -hmm. This movie was soulless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, 
I I kind of reject the notion that this is like the the worst comic book movie and but it's it, not the worst. It's not no. It's I, not the worst. No. But it's just you know but what the tools were there. The pieces of the puzzle were there. They just couldn't put it together. That's what makes it so frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. as someone who's dogged on this, watching this have moments that could come together, it was you you were just missing the mark, y'all. And then just get a little closer to that target. And then to be a continuity guy, okay, so Michael Keaton's vulture isn't he's like, I don't know how I got here, you know, but how come he didn't get pulled back to his own universe? Like I'm, I'm trying well, to think no, no, about. No, the, the the bigger question is, what they did in the post credit scene is not what happened at the end of Spider Man No Way Home. I, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. It I'm was like, not people being spit in the other universes. It was others being brought into that. Any which is, I, I know, but that's my. And I'm watching this. I'm thinking to myself, okay, guys, guys, you've made Into the Spider Verse one of the great Spider Man movies. Can you wrap up your thought? Well, no, No Way it. Home. How do you give us something that as a viewer, I look at this and I'm like, this does not adhere to the rules of one of the most successful movies ever made that you put out mere months ago. How does that work? How does somebody at the studio not look at this and go, guys, this doesn't make sense. How did they let that out, John? Yeah, don't know. Anyway, guys, end of the day, it, it wasn't a complete dumpster fire movie. I, I concur with the with the notion that Rob brought up that it it's watchable, but it's you'll watch and then feel pretty dissatisfied i think at the end has its moments has some good things going for it it absolutely does but at the end of the day this was a swing in the miss well, guys questions for you have you had a chance to see morbius yet if so what did you think about it have you not seen it yet if not where's your expectation level for it whatever you guys are thinking jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Athletic Greens. Now, I started taking Athletic Greens because I don't eat enough vegetables, and I was looking for a way to make up for that deficit in my diet of those vitamins and minerals that I really needed in my system, and thank goodness I found Athletic Greens, and I literally take it every morning. You see, with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, all the things. And my wife got onto it, and now she absolutely loves it. You know, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb like athletic greens so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition especially heading into the flu and cold season it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash campia. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash campia to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And a big thank you to the folks at Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This comes from Omar. This is a sad day for me. I grew up on movies like Dumb and Dumber and Ace, and Ace Ventura, and I've loved seeing Jim Carrey and Sonic and can't wait to see Sonic 2. 
But did you see that Carrie is retiring from acting? A whole new generation of people love him in Sonic, so why would he want to stop now? Thanks. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, look, Jim Carrey, good Canadian kid. Uh, he is a great. He is one of the greats. He has given us some of the best, most fun, most funny movies, whether it's I love The Mask. I'm a huge fan of The Mask. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. I don't care what anybody else says. I love Dumb and Dumber too. I, I thought Dumb and Dumber 2 was great. I mean, not as good as the first one, clearly, but it got a lot of crap, and I thought it was hilarious. I love this guy, and then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere, and he does Sonic. I thought, oh, no, this is going to be embarrassing. He's going to be robotic. It's going to be so over the top and uncomfortable. It was great. I love seeing him in that. However, it sounds like he hasn't worked a lot lately, purely out of choice. I saw it like this uh, one, I think it was a, Jerry Seinfeld's getting coffee with comedians in cars and Seinfeld goes to his house and his house is just a big art studio. Now he just likes painting. That's what Jim Carrey likes to do. Just likes to paint. That's and he's pretty happy with his life. And now apparently he's so happy with his life. He says, I think that's it. I think Sonic two might be the last thing I do. I think I'm retiring. This comes to us from the folks over variety, right? The following as Jim Carrey says, well, I'm retiring. Yeah, probably. I'm being fairly serious. Carrey said, it depends if the angels bring some sort of script that's written in gold ink that says to me that it's going to be really important for people to see. I might continue down the road, but I'm taking a break. Carrie's Carrie added. I really like my quiet life and I really like putting paint on canvas and I really love my spiritual life. And I feel like, and this is something you might never hear another celebrity say for as long as time exists. I have enough. I've done enough. I am enough. I have enough. I've done enough. And I am enough. And that comes to us from Jim Carrey. All right. If he's being serious, and you know that whenever a celebrity, I don't care if it's a musician, a director, a, a, an actor, whatever, whenever they say, I'm retiring, I think, what was it, four films ago that Steven Soderbergh said he was retiring, that he wasn't going to do any more films? Anyway, uh, Quentin Tarantino says the 10th is going to be his last. I don't believe that for a second. I think he believes it, but I don't believe it for a second. I take every actor, director, musician saying they're now retiring with a grain of salt if it's not connected to a health issue, like, like Bruce Willis the other day. But I believe Jim Carrey. And I, I believe it because he's not saying it coming off of some big flop of a movie that hurt his ego. He's not saying it after doing 12 movies a year. He's been slowing down a lot. And it really does sound like, yeah, listen, I've got all the money in the world. I, not all the money in the world, but I got more than one person needs. I got plenty of money. I've My career and my legacy are already set. I'm not going to do anything that's going to top Dumb and Dumber anymore. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm done. And, you know, he was also just recently pretty critical of the events that happened at the Oscars and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just thinking he's stepping back and looking, do I need to be a part of this anymore? I don't think I do. And so I'm going to say this. I believe him. I believe he's actually really serious about being done. And if he is, then I think, I might eventually say top five, but for now, I'll at least automatically say a top 10 greatest comedy movie performer ever. Like that's, he's just, he, there's never been anyone like him. And and that's good. And, and maybe some ways bad, but 
Nobody will ever be Jim Carrey. And the types of things he did and was able to do on screen, nobody can replicate. There will always only be one Jim Carrey. And whether it's, again, like The Mask, which I completely adore, uh, Spotless Sunshine, or uh, Eternal, Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless, Spotless Mind, Mind uh, Truman Show. So even beyond comedy, he also showed he had some legitimate dramatic acting chops as well. Uh, what a career fit is. Again, there's, he didn't say it was definitive, but he says, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly serious. I, I think I'm done. Anyway, Rob, you hear Jim Carrey saying, hey, I've got enough. I've done enough. I'm pretty happy with my life. I think I'm done. And he hasn't done a lot of stuff lately. Number one, do you believe him? And in general, what do you think Jim Carrey's legacy on the movie industry is right now as it is? Well, I think I, I absolutely believe him. And if you look at his career as a young stand-up comic and going on to shows like In Living Color, where we all first saw him, yeah. you know, he was a, an amazing performer. The rubbery body that he did was something not a lot of us had seen in our lives. I mean, he, his impressions from everybody from William Shatner to take your pick. I mean, what a deft comedy performer on every level he was. And then when he did things like Ace Ventura, I mean, come on, you watch that performance and like, we'd never seen anything like that before. And then like you pointed out, he did the Truman Show. He did the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of the great sci-fi movies, I think, of the modern age. And in a way, so is the Truman Show. And then he goes on, what was that thriller he did? Like, it was called Number Nine the number 23 the number 23 that's what yeah the number 23 i try to forget that movie right but it was still interesting like he did something that was offbeat now he does robotnik i mean he's worked for decades now in comedy and and now i think he has the he's afforded himself the opportunity where he doesn't have to work himself to the bone where he's too old to enjoy his life he's got enough money he can travel the world he can paint he can explore another facet of his existence i mean wouldn't that what we would all do if we had the only reason you want to get rich is so you're you're unfettered from the constraints of having to work for enough money to pay for your life and if you've got enough money and you're, you're happy with the work you've done and i can't imagine he's not happy with the work that he's done because he's entertained so many people now for what the better part of 30 40 35 years 40 years maybe he's had a great life and he can still can continue to go on he can completely as he has the luxury to reinvent himself and to me, he's leading his best life. He's had tragedy in his life recently, and his, uh, he lost somebody very dear to him. And I think, what a great way to live. You know, Cameron Diaz, we recently saw her retire. And, you know, if, if you feel that you've accomplished all you, you need to accomplish or all that you've wanted to accomplish in your career, why not go out on a high note? You know, Tarantino says that I look at all these directors that I revere, and none of them went out with their best movie. They always, their power was diminished. The films they made later in their careers were never as good as what they were making at the height of their career. So I want to make 10 movies. I want to have them all be great. And I want to leave my career with this legacy that's intact. And I can, I think more and more people are going to do that. I, more power to them. Chris, you hear about uh, what he's saying. He's, you know, and he's right. We may never hear a celebrity say this for the rest of eternity. I have enough. But, you know, he says, I have enough. I've done enough. He seems pretty secure in his legacy. Of course, the one most important thing that we have not mentioned yet, good Canadian kid, uh, Jim Carrey. Um, you know, do you think he's serious about retiring? And if so, to you, what's Jim Carrey's legacy on this business, if that's what he's doing? I do think he's serious. If you've watched him in recent red carpet events, too, he just has this, this is all meaningless attitude. 
of when when certain things will get asked or are these people icons that was a big one what makes an icon jim he's like that's a ridiculous question what are we even doing here what are we talking about we make movies what why are you acting this way so i really really think he is going to live this simpler life for me there's so many things to think about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is one of my favorite things i love liar liar earth oh i'm so glad i forgot liar liar that one earth girls are easy um the truman show i think i've mentioned it on the show before my parents used to live near that town seaside florida (laughs) and it was just always so uncanny and cool to be there and be like oh this is the lighthouse and this is all the town stuff i'm such a huge fan i'm sad to see what this means for sonic 3 but i am very excited for him to live the life that he wants to leave and and shouldn't we all embrace more of this too yeah the last few years we've talked about self-care so much on social media and on news shows and everything and what true self-care is this is knowing that you're enough and you don't need stuff to fulfill you. Well, and you've got tons of stuff well, already. Well, yeah, that's very true. You've got all the stuff you need. But, but I, I'm, I think everyone should put a little sticky note on their mirror that says, hey, I'm enough. And go into the world with some Jim Carrey attitude. Oh, my gosh. And thank you, chat. The Grinch. His Grinch oh, is iconic. I don't care what anybody says. His Grinch is awesome. It's the best one. I love his Grinch. It is the best. Oh, Other thank people you, mentioned Max. Cable Guy. You. Cable Guy's cable another guy's one. Incredible. His show Kidding. Like, he's done so much good stuff. I mean, the, uh, you have to ask yourself, what more from from a movie star perspective, what more can he do? Mm-hmm. He can just repeat himself or do other variations on a theme. If he really feels that he's come to the end of that particular road, how great is it that he can choose whatever road that he wants to go on, whether it's to be a painter, whether it's to maybe write a book, maybe he wants to teach the younger generation, but the fact is, there's nothing more he's going to do unless God himself comes down and says, I've written a script, Jim, it's for you. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more he could do that would make his legacy better than it is. Oh my gosh. I I, I gotta mention this one too. Mm -hmm. It's not a beloved movie. It is not a beloved movie, but there was something about him in it that I loved. He did a movie a couple years ago with Steve Carell, called The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where Steve Carell plays a Las Vegas magician. <laughs> so they actually flew us out to Vegas to go do the press junket there and carries there. Not the best movie in the world. I thought it had some really good laughs. I love Jim Carrey in that. He played as the, what's that? He's like a Chris Angel. Chris Angel, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played yeah. like a Chris Angel character. <laughs> Every moment Jim Carrey is on screen in that movie, I was laughing hysterically. He's brilliant in that. I love him in that. I thought that was so good. We're... Ra- Sorry. I was just going to ask Ray because, Ray, like when you think of Jim Carrey, do you have a favorite Jim Carrey movie that you like? It has to be that one. that The one you just mentioned. Incredible Burt Wonderstone? Yeah, because I remember watching it and I was like, this is, I just thought it was hilarious. But out of like everyone I know, I know Anne is the biggest Jim Carrey fan. Oh, she's a dumb she, and dumber guy. She, like, she, she's, she's a huge dumb and dumber she fan. She watched Cable Guy like every day, like in elementary school like i would come home and then she it would be cable guy cable guy cable cable guy she's the big jim carrey fan but there's there's gonna be nobody that can replicate what he does i mean even if it's just him being him there's nobody that that can get that enthusiasm like jim carrey does when he he has a role like he could go over the top and it's just funny to me every time he does it i never get tired of it and we also forgot bruce almighty Bruce Almighty is a great one. Bruce oh, no, my, my oh, camera no, overheated thing went again. We'll, I got we'll too that, spicy about Morbius. We'll get that, uh, we'll get that uh, fixed up here in a did, second. Did you guys ever watch 30 Rock? Were you 30 Rock fans? I 
I, I didn't watch a lot of it. I wish okay. I did. There is a ridiculous episode about Leap Day Williams, who is the hero of Leap Day, who emerges from the Mariana Trench and gives candy to the good children uh, in tra- uh, traded for their tears. Um, and there's a <laughs> movie in the show that Jim Carrey plays Leap Day Williams, and it's the funniest stuff I have ever seen. It's so good. But, uh, but here's a question. What happens with Sonic 3? A lot of people in the chat were asking, since if this is his retirement, is there something to say about Sonic 3? Maybe his character doesn't go on after Sonic 2? I don't know. It's all. I mean, he might be contractually obligated to come back, and he just didn't mention that. I can't imagine that he would have signed a three-picture deal, though. I don't, I don't know if he would have signed a three-picture deal to, to get him back for that, but I don't know. We'll have to say. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Jim Carrey is saying he's pretty serious about retirement. He wasn't 100% definitive, but I actually believe him. Do you guys believe him? Do you think this is it? We're going to see him in Sonic 2 and that's it? And if so, what kind of legacy do you think he leaves behind? What is his overall legacy in this business as you look back on it, and what's your favorite Jim Carrey movie? Whatever your guys' thoughts are, jump down to the comments below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number five. Chris, who has a camera again. Yay! What is our fifth main topic today? This is from Jim Gratton. Well, damn. Don't know if you saw it this morning, but it looks like all the details are now out about what happened at the Oscars. So apparently, the Academy did tell Smith to leave, and he refused. So the Academy was looking to physically remove him and have him arrested. But Chris Rock saved him because he didn't want a bad situation to become worse. My respect for Rock has gone up a lot. What do you think of this timeline? And should Smith now be banned from the Oscars forever? All right. Let's say this first. Hopefully, until the Oscars announce what their disciplinary action is going to be. I hope this is the last time we need to talk about the Will yeah. Smith slapping his that thing. But, I mean, the information that is now coming out today is significant because I think now we have the actual complete picture about what happened at the Oscars. So for those of you who know what's going on, the producer of the Oscars, the guy who was in charge of the producer of the Oscars this year, Will Packer, he did an interview this morning I think it was on Good Morning America. And he talked about what actually went down and and what happened. And it kind of completes the picture. We've been getting little details here and there, like some saying the producer didn't want him to leave, but the Academy asked him to leave. Maybe yes, maybe no, whatever. It seems now we've got a picture. So let's go over here. This comes to us from IndieWire, who write the following. Now, this is Will Packer speaking when he says, I was advocating that Rock wanted what Rock wanted. When he says Rock, he means Chris Rock. I was advocating what Rock wanted in that time, which was not to physically remove Smith at that time. As it has now been explained to me, that was the only option at that point. Because as we know, the Academy has already stated that they asked Will Smith to leave. Will Smith refused. And now he's saying that the only other option that was available to them now was to have him physically removed at that point. Packer went to Academy leadership on site to say that Chris Rock doesn't want Smith to be removed or to make a bad situation worse, because he's absolutely right. That would have made a bad situation worse. Uh, Los Angeles City uh, Police Department was poised to arrest Smith after the incident occurred. They were saying, you know, this is battery was a word they used in that moment. 
They said, we will go get him. We are prepared. We're prepared to get him right now. You can press charges and we can arrest him. Chris was, he was being very dismissive of those options. He was like, no, 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 I'm fine. And even to the point where I said, Rock, let them finish. The police officers finished laying out what his options were. They said, would you like us to take any action? And he said, no, he said, no. So that's coming to us from uh, IndieWire based on the interview that Will Packer did this morning, the producer of the Academy Awards this year, as to what happened. So it appears that here's our timeline. Rock makes the joke. Will Smith goes on stage, physically assaults him. He goes back and sits down. Members of the Academy told Will Smith they would like him to leave. Will Smith refused. He said he wasn't going to leave. The only option then to the Academy was to have him physically removed and the police were ready to go in and physically take him and drag him out of the Academy Awards. Chris Rock said, no, there's no need to do that. And I don't want to make a bad situation worse, which he was 100% right. Like this, it was already a bad look on the, the whole Academy Awards had a bad look because of what Smith, Smith did. The image of police having to walk into the auditorium, grab one of the biggest stars in the world and drag them out. No, it would have been the worst been thing ever. Horrible for for everybody involved. So kudos to Chris Rock saying, "I'm fine. Just I don't want them to do that. It's going to make a bad situation worse. Whatever." So there was nothing they did. The later the Academy Awards name him as best actor. They go get him, give him his Academy Award. He went sent da- sat down, went on with the thing. After that, the Academy did put out a release. We read their release yesterday that they are now looking at actions of suspension and possibly expulsion, which would bar him from ever being an Academy member, number one, but also remove any eligibility for him to receive Academy Awards or nominations in the future, which is a pretty big deal considering now he's in that legacy building mode of his now that he has his first Academy Award. Although it does seem like taking away his Academy Award is off the table, and I personally... I endorse that. I, I don't think they should be taking away his Academy Award. Had nothing to do with the incident. He won it. He should keep it. That's my take at any rate. And I respect anybody else who has a different take. That's fine. All right. I got to say, for me personally, this changes. And I mentioned this yesterday. I said on yesterday's show that if we find out that, yes, they did indeed ask him to leave and he just straight up refused to go. I said, if that's what we find out, it's going to change my assessment of the situation a little bit because my personal feelings on this matter have been that let's not make the punishment way worse than the crime. Give him a suspension, two years, three years, whatever. He may only make one or two movies in the next two to three years anyway. So give him a suspension because you got to do something. What he did was unacceptable. So give him a suspension, two years, three years. He's ineligible for two or three years. Let him keep his Oscars. Let him make good. And then in three years, have him back at the Oscars, and we all get to celebrate it. I don't know that I think that way anymore. Because to me, Will Smith escalated the situation. He put the Oscars in a terrible position where it's like you went up and staged and assaulted somebody, and now we're asking you to leave. Let me be very clear about this. Will Smith had no right to be there. He had the privilege of being there. Nobody in that audience had the right to be at the Academy Awards in that moment. Nobody did. 
unless you were, you know, one of the board of governors of the academy. Nobody had the right to be there. It was a privilege to be there. And when the academy comes up and says, we would like you to leave, he had no right to say no. And he put them in a position of, huh, you're going to have to have police come out here and drag me out and cause a big scene if you want that to happen. He was basically holding them hostage because he knew there was nothing they could do. And... Rob, I gave the the example yesterday that if you were at a party at my house and I asked you to leave, like if you'd done something stupid at my party, I may throw you out and not invite you back for the next couple of parties, but eventually I'm going to invite you back. But if I ask you to leave my house and you don't go, you're dead to me. And I feel like the Academy right now, I don't know how I would vote if I was an Academy member. But I don't think it would be out of bounds now for the Academy to say, you're out. Expulsion. Like, the slap was one thing. That could have been a suspension. But we asked you to leave, and you said no because you knew we would have to create a major, major scene to physically remove you. You held our show hostage. You're out. Now, look. I am going to personally continue to watch Will Smith's movies. I'm going to personally continue to enjoy Will Smith's movies. I do not think any individual should be judged in their entirety by one incident. But if you're the Academy, I think you got to take action. And I don't think it's, I'm not saying they should expel him, but I don't think it would be unreasonable at this point to expel him. Now that we're hearing from the producer of the show, after we find out what happened. Again, I'm not saying throw them out forever. I'm just saying if that is what the Oscars are, con- are contemplating at this point, not because of the slap, but because of the refusal to leave after being asked, I don't think it's unreasonable for them to be considering expelling him permanently. Uh, I'll still watch his movies. I like Will Smith. I don't care. But uh, eh. anyway, Rob, this has been a horrible black eye on all of the movie industry, on obviously Will Smith, on the Academy. It's been a black eye for everybody. Uh, now that we hear more details from Will Packer, the producer of the show, how does this change or does it change your assessment of the situation at all? Well, it does. I mean, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions and commentary on social media about people that want to turn this, whether it's it's an issue of a man protecting his wife, whether it's an issue of the black community, whether it's an issue of a privileged performer getting away with something. There's all these different levels that people are coming at me and they want to know my opinion. But when it comes right down to it, take away the trappings of what was going on. You had one man strike another man in a situation that was meant to be enjoyed by a whole group of people celebrating their peers and all of these things that what happened was so far removed from what should have happened, the spirit of this entire event. And, and it was something that could have been avoided any footstep that he took forward in this moment. He could have stopped himself and did not. This is not normal behavior. This is not acceptable behavior. This violates the code of conduct. It violates our laws it violates the spirit of what the academy awards is every single person who busted their asses to put this academy award show on under very difficult circumstances coming out of the pandemic i mean it 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 was so unfortunate but it cannot be normalized it cannot we cannot afford in our civil society to normalize this behavior and at the end of the day 
I love Will Smith. I enjoy Will Smith's performances. I love Independence Day. I've I've already come out and talked about I own Hitch on Blu-ray. I don't I don't apologize. I think Hitch is a great romantic comedy. I love Will Smith. I've always loved I love, you know, when he worked with Tony Scott. You know, I I I Enemy of the State. I love that shit. I love Will Smith. But you know what? If any human being did what he did, they would suffer consequences. Any human being. And he must suffer the consequences. Our civil society demands that this behavior is not normalized, no matter who you are. And whether I love Will Smith or not, this needs to have consequences. And people need to remember, you cannot do this and get away with it, period. I, I, I just wanted to read this one thing, though. I, I love Chris Rock's response because the, the producer, Will Packer, goes on to say that he went back to talk to Chris Rock. He says, after, I love what Rick Rock says here. After the moment happened, Packer approached Chris Rock backstage. I said, did he really hit you? And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I just took a punch from Muhammad Ali. <laughs> of course, Will Smith was nominated for an Academy Award for his incredible performance as yeah, Muhammad Ali. That's all, and he was yoked and jacked. To play oh, he looked great too. in that. Well, Will Smith, he always looks great. But anyway, Chris... Uh, we're here. We're starting to get now a clearer picture of what happened. We're starting to get a definitive timeline of things. Does this actually change anything? Does it change the perception of what goes on here? And now what do you think the Academy is going to do about this? I mean, I still have my same stance. There do have to be consequences to your actions, no matter what happened, uh, just because, you know, we don't react to things violently. And and sure, when, when you are being reactive, you're not going to be the best version of yourself. But I do think they have to set a precedent because nothing like this has happened at the Academy Awards before. And and like you were saying, Rob, if this happened, if we took away all the, the pageantry of it, we wouldn't have as much discussion around what should or should not happen. Uh, the example I brought up yesterday was I was in a show with somebody or in the audience. They were very, very drunk and unruly. Someone came up to me and said, you need to get them out of here. And I did. Because otherwise, what would have happened is security would have been called and their ass would have been dragged out because that's what happens. If you start yelling and putting hands on people, you're going to get taken care of, you know. So I do think the Academy is fully within its right to to take, you know, some some drastic measures here and, and remove him from the Academy for a few years. I don't want him to be a bad boy for life, <laughs> but... You I mean, you are we people. all still in agreement? Because uh, like, maybe we're not, but are we all still in agreement that let's work from the worst case scenario down? Are we all still in agreement because we were before that they should not take the Oscar away? Absolutely. Are we, we, we still agree about that? I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he we, earned we all, that Oscar fair and square. And remember, yeah. this incident had people have to understand, even though we got awarded the Oscar at that. That was already a done deal. It was that done. Was Had nothing done to do deal, with the incident. Done deal, his performance. He absolutely deserved that. All right. So we're we all in agreement with that. Okay. Do we, would we all be okay if the Oscars, if the Academy said he's expelled from the, from the Academy at, at this point? Because I'll tell you what, yesterday I wouldn't have been. An ex, like a permanent expulsion? Like a permanent or... expulsion from the Academy as a result of this. I today say I'm not sure I would vote that way myself. I would be okay with it. I would understand it today if, if they expelled him. What about you? Do you think that's still going too I far? I understand it, but I would want a suspension. I mean, Ray and I were talking before the show about how we're still just trying to wrap our heads around what even happened. Yeah. And there's how to the, feel about it. There's 
this to me hits home because Will, for a, a little moment in my life, I idolized him like crazy. Like I was telling Chris, like there was a time where we, me and my dad were looking for suits for this event. And I was looking at the inside of the sports coat to see the patterns in there because I wanted to wear it inside out. Like after the event, you know, like, right. like, um, it's still shocking to me. Like this thing, I don't, I don't know what's inside any of their heads. So I'm not going to judge anybody on anything. I just care about what happens with the Oscars. One thing that ran through my head is maybe no more plus ones. Just anyone who's up for, <laughs> no, anyone who's yeah. up for award, just be there, accept and then go. I, and I'm not trying to say it had anything to do with that, but I'm just saying, I, the award should be about the awards and the people being nominated for it. And and that's it. You know what I mean? There should be no one there that, like, I, I don't know. I just want the show to actually recover from this because it was already getting, um, people weren't watching it already. And, like, next year, if the ratings are up, it's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And, and the Oscars should never be about controversy. It should be about... Sure who's up for the awards well the wins. only controversy should be is should that person have won over that person yeah. that should be the only yeah. controversy so does anybody believe they won't do anything does anybody believe that there won't be because i especially after now knowing what we know i don't think oh. there's any chance they don't do anything no but no, I, they're gonna do something i do think expulsion is just too it goes back to the same oscar argument right i don't think they can expel him from the academy because look at other people who are still in the academy <laughs> Who are but yeah, but but this people. he did to the academy. That's true. That's that's the one difference here. He did yeah. this to them. But so I I mean mm -hmm. I don't know. But I I honestly think this is where it's going to fall. This is where I really think it's going to fall. I think they're going to come out and I think they're going to say five years. I think it's going to be a five year okay. ban. I can see them making it a permanent expulsion, and I have no issue if they do because of the way he just held them hostage. But I think. It's going to be a little bit more lenient than that. I think it's going to come in at five years. I think he's going to get a five-year suspension. What do you think, Rob? Well, one, I, I don't believe he should be expelled. This was not premeditated. He obviously has a, there's a lot of stuff going on that we've all heard about in his own personal life with his marriage and things like that. I think if he could have done this day over again, he would have. I agree. You know, yeah. I, he, I, I don't think what he did on that day is an accurate reflection of who he is as a person overall. No, I, I, I think I, he absolutely would do it. Differently I, I don't either. But on the other hand, and, and what are what are great stories about? What are movies about? How many redemption stories have we fallen in love with in the movies over the years? I mean, it, 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 the Academy. But but, where but do you, what do you think they will do? What do I, I think I think you're probably right. I mean, one or two years isn't enough. Five years, maybe even ten. I mean, I don't so know. Think five to 10? I, I think five. Yeah, five to ten. I think as and also, I would require him to come out and and maybe give some kind of a statement, do some kind of academy outreach, maybe teach a few acting courses at the Academy Museum. By the, something should point out or remind something people, to celebrate the art that he he has has benefited him throughout his life. He did put out, I thought, a very well written apology that he put out on social media. Uh, that he that he directed at Chris Rock. I thought it was a very very good apology myself personally, but and you're right. Maybe the county say, "Okay, look, five year suspension plus." Yeah, do, do How about how about this? How about free of charge? He hosts a Will Smith film festival at the Academy Theater. That that he's going to have to you know Q and A and sign autographs and meet his fans or whatever, and come out and talk about the art of filmmaking or his career. Do something positive. Sorry. 
That was the most adorable sneeze. Oh, it was. Thank you. I've heard so long. <laughs> Chris, what do you think it is going to end up at? What do you think the Academy will do? I think they're going to do one to three years. Really? You're going to think yeah. they're going to go that low? One I to three? So I'm thinking about five. You're thinking five to ten. You're thinking one to three. Ray, what do you think it's going to be? I, I just want to say, as much as the situation hurts, there should be consequences to that action. If you take out the, the names from it, yeah. there should be something done. Sure. I just, I just not, I can't. I can't call it because right. I don't know anything about. All right. No one does, to be yeah, fair. No, yeah, yeah, no one does, to be honest. The question is for you guys. Now that we're getting a better picture of what actually transpired that night and we know, you know, who was refused and the police nearly walked in and arrested him and took him away. I don't know. I, I got to say my respect level for Chris Rock has gone up a lot. The way Not only the way he maintained his composure on stage after getting slapped like that and kept the show, the show must go on. But the very fact, because like if if he wanted to be a reactionary little baby like Will Smith was in that moment, I don't think Will Smith is a little baby. He just acted like it, and we all have sometimes. But he could have been a reactionary guy backstage. Say, yeah, f that guy, go get him. I'd, I, I, you'd think Chris Rock in that moment would love to see him being dragged out. But he said, no, it's just good. I'm no, fine. He's, he's the epitome of grace under pressure. Yeah, I'm fine. Let it go. We're just going to make the situation worse. And and I really respect a lot. Question is for you. What do you think is going to happen here, guys? Number And it is two separate questions. Let me ask you this. If you leave a comment, leave the answer to both of these questions. Number one, what would you do if you were an Academy board member right now? And secondly, and totally separately, what do you think the Academy is going to do about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. And hopefully, until the Academy announces what they're going to do about it, that'll be the last time we talk about this topic. Uh, all right, guys, listen, we're now going to move on and take your live comments and questions that you guys sent in. But before we do, let's hear from one more sponsor of today's show, making these shows possible, our friends over at Coinbase. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Coinbase. Have you found yourself curious about getting involved in cryptocurrency? But if you're like a couple of friends of mine who have been really interested in it, they felt kind of overwhelmed by it, like not even knowing how to get started. Well, that's where Coinbase comes in because they make learning to buy and sell crypto simple. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. And that's why millions of people all over the world in a hundred different countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash campia sign up at coinbase.com slash campia for ten dollars in free bitcoin this offer is for a limited time only so be sure to sign up today that's coinbase.com slash campia and a special thank you to the folks at coinbase for helping make today's episode of the john campia show possible by being one of our sponsors all right guys with that down let's go over now and start taking your live comments and questions shall we chris what do we got up here first? Oh, we're starting with some support first. We've got Jessica, Ultimate Angel. So thank you guys for making those donations. We really thank appreciate you. Thank you guys. 
Uh, Andy, I realized that since my fave TV show, SPN, is done, my current fave ongoing TV show is probably The Boys. I jumped from one Eric Kripke show ship to another. Awesome. And not only from Supernatural that is an Eric Kripke, but you're also getting Jensen. Soldier Boy, Jensen Ackles, yeah is also moving a continuing on that goodness, Andy. I'm really excited for the boys season three to get here. All right, what's next? Josh Kahn, April Fools. Wow, Sonny really got us with your Morbius trailers <laughs> and ad campaign. I can't think of a more perfect release date for this movie. You knew something was up when they announced that the release date was going to be April 1st. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we already talked about it. So yes, April Fools indeed, Josh. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher. Believe everything you read on the internet today. Don't fact check. Don't look for sources. <laughs> Don't do extra research. It's all true. I'm not sure there's a lot of it going on today. I think, like, I feel like last year, everybody kind of went, we're all kind of over this. Mm. Yeah. So I haven't seen a lot of those, like, big, splashy April Fool ones now mm. anymore. Did you guys see any? No. Literally last really year, it either. was like, stop doing this. Yeah, Life everyone's is like, hard. we're over it. Yeah. This morning, I, I saw something of, sorry. Mayonnaise and Butterfinger. There's a main. There's nothing wrong with that. That sounds great to me. And they actually had a viral video of people having Butterfingers and trying it. It worked so well. But it was uh, April. Mayonnaise goes with everything. Swelling. Yeah, everybody knows. Butterfinger. Mm -hmm. Sure. I, I told you one of my favorite sandwiches growing up was peanut butter, butter, and mayonnaise. I would make that every day as a kid. That I haven't had great. I haven't had it in a long time, so I don't know if I would still like it today. But there you go. I did make a joke, an April Fool's joke on my Twitter feed. Oh yes, yeah. I, I saw that. But I, I mean, news outlets, that. news outlets aren't doing it. Rob's a news outlet. Sure he is. <laughs> sure, I'm a I'm an influencer. All right, what's next? Uh, from Mikey, without getting into spoilers. Oh, with a twenty dollars super chat. Oh, thank there, you, Mikey. Mikey. Thank you. Morbius post-credit scene felt like Sony took notes from Fox's X-Men continuity while getting drunk. It, I, I listen. Not only did it not make any logical sense for the logic they had set up in the movies, it also the big, like I said, the biggest concerning thing to me was it was a big indication that Sony did not indeed learn their lesson from the Amazing Spider-Man two. It's like, guys, you, guys, you, you, you tried doing this before this way. And you saw what the results were. What the actual fuck are you doing? Stop. Like, none of Morbius made me mad. Like I said, for the most part, it's made me a little mad. innocently watchable. If not, it's not good. But but that made me like going, what are you doing? Like, just what do you stop? Just stop. So just, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. All right, what's next? Seconds from Disaster. In an ABC interview with Will Packer. By the way, I don't see that. Can you follow oh, on the I other screen on this there? one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Divin. Saw Morbius, not awful, but it's bad. Yeah, I, I mean, not horrible, but I not good. The spirit is still worse. Yes. Yeah, the yeah, the spirit. <laughs> Catwoman is still worse. Catwoman's still Electra worse. Electra is still worse. Yeah. I can think of a couple worse movies just in the last couple of years. That means a lot that you don't like Electra. But it's, I know, because <laughs> Jennifer Garner. Man, yeah, come on. man. Boy, that, you know that movie's got to be bad if I don't like Electra. That was disappointing. But it's, it's just that it's not good. It is not good. All right, what's next? All right. From Ethan, not a spoiler for Morbius, but the scene where Matt Smith is showing off in the mirror was so dumb. It made me think, uh, what is he, a character or a model? I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you one thing. We won't say what's happening in it, but for those who've seen the movie, you'll know. I actually thought that was right. I thought that scene was right. Because if you think about that character and what that character's background in, what he did in that mirror 
is exact. It probably that was probably to me the most authentic moment of the movie. Actually, yeah. actually, so I kind of like that part myself. I think it had very big American Psycho vibes to it too. It absolutely like, did. Yep, and it had some that. verisimilitude, Rob. It did. I thought I thought you would like me using that word. All right, well, I like that. I like to hear you say it. It <laughs> from, rolls off the tongue. <laughs> from Jay Bling, Jada to Will when he laughed at Chris Rock's joke at first. Longing, rusted, furnace, daybreak, <laughs> teen, benign, nine, homecoming, one, freight car. Good evening, soldier. Will, ready to comply. I mean, that was one of the most confusing things about the whole incident was footage clearly shows when Chris Rock made the joke, Will Smith laughed twice. But you see, he hadn't looked at Jada yet. It wasn't until he looked at Jada when the camera went off him. And once he saw Jada was very much disapproved, then he went into winter soldier mode. So actually, I love the reference there, Ethan. Well said, man. All right, what's next? All right, from Sam Fisher. What about A League of Their Own for Movie Club? It's one of my all-time favorites and the 30th anniversary is this year. A League of Their Own is really good. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's no crying in baseball. I could I'm... loan you my 4K uh, disc yeah, of it. Do you have one? I do. Um, I don't know if I see it as a movie club movie. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I see. I mean, I really do like it and loves the movie actually, but that's because it's got Tom Hanks in it. But probably, I'm gonna say probably not, Sam. I mean, no diss on the movie. I super appreciate the movie, but I'm gonna say you we know, no, probably not. We could prove the viability of it if you you could just tell by how many viewers we get, how many people are interested in listening to this episode of Movie Club. Yeah, isn't, I don't think a League of Their Own. I think it, I don't think it would be very high. Yeah, yeah. isn't the uh, League of Their Own TV series coming out this year? And they're doing that's right. They're yeah. coming out the TV series, but that's right. I forgot about that. All right, what's next? All right, from seconds from disaster. In an ABC interview with Will Packer, he said Chris Rock asked for no actions to be taken against Will. He didn't want to make a bad situation worse. Yeah, which is what we read a little bit earlier. He said, "No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just," and he was just like, "Let's just move on. Let's just move past it." Uh, and basically, he saved. I want people to realize this. He saved Will Smith from getting arrested on national TV. And I, I, again, I think if he had been a more bitter, spiteful guy, he could have played that totally differently. So uh, good on him. Absolutely. Good on him for that. All right. What's next? All right. Another seconds from disaster. One of three. The first episode of Moon Knight is my favorite first episode of the Marvel shows so far. Agreed. The cinematography and the banter between Steven and everyone else is amazing. Every time he woke up from the blackout was hilarious, but scary as hell at the same time. Oscar is an Oscar-level actor and perfect choice to play... Oh, there we go. This role. I can't wait to see him interact more with his other personalities. My only issue is why does an Egyptian god sound like Optimus Prime? He sounds like whoever the hearer needs to hear him. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with that. That uh, I think if he was speaking to an Egyptian guy, he might hear an Egyptian... Uh, voice and languages. I don't know. I'm going. Or Conchus, just a big Amadeus fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love. By the way, that movie does not get enough love. Such it's a good movie. So, well, it did win best picture. One of the, I was yeah. going to say, but was still one of the most underrated best picture winners. It's mm -hmm. so good. Also, Optimus so Prime will get your ass in gear. I'm just. Saying. Yeah, that'll get you going. Um, listen, what can we say about Moon Knight that we haven't already said? It. I'm still not 100 percent sure that I would put it above the first episode of WandaVision for me because mm -hmm. man, that first episode got me so hooked into the show but it may be i might put it above it after i i resonate on a little bit longer it was just so well done and you're right one of my favorite parts was him nodding off and then coming back in and finding out what new bonker situation he's in from it i thought it was great i i, I really want to go to a museum after 
Moon Knight. Yeah, that's the thing. You I haven't when you want to go to a museum. Yeah, I haven't been in a museum in, in so long that I was actually looking up museums to visit. I want to see some some stuff like some prehistoric stuff. It's it, museums are kind of creepy at night. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've never been. Well, well, you know what happens at a night at the museum. Night at the museum. I have never been in a museum at night. What do you think? What do you What did you think about the first episode? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful first episode. I was super, super into it. I really like what they're doing with the character. The editing is incredible, and that last moment, like. Ugh, and there's gonna be hot toys. I told you that was an April Fool's joke. Totally an April Fool's Don't joke. Don't make me cry again. No girl. hot toys for Rob. All right, what's next? Uh, we are getting some support from TJ Slabberdragon Watson. They, I love that name, by the way. <laughs> Slabberdragon. I love it. What's next? <laughs> Sam Fisher again. Uh, what movie was considered the goat before The Godfather? Was it Citizen Kane, Casablanca, Lawrence of Arabia? Well, this, there, there's still a lot of cinephiles who consider Citizen Kane. I think it might be number one on the AFI list, if I'm not mistaken. It, well, then Vertigo topped it. Did it? Oh, yeah. nice. But, I mean, a lot. there are still many people who consider Citizen Kane to be the, uh, probably the GOAT of all films. So I'd say out of those three, Lawrence, um, frankly, I think Citizen Kane's a little overrated. Yes. Like, it's great. Uh, it's great. Don't get me wrong. but I, It's not a top 20 all time for me. Oh, you got it. But I do think it's wonderful. I'd gladly put Vertigo over it. But that. I would easily Order put Lawrence of Arabia over it. And I would easily, I would put the original Spartacus over it. I would put, mm. uh, like, a lot of, but still, uh, there, you would find a lot of people even today would say Citizen Kane. So, yeah, that's definitely would be one of those men. So that's a good question, Sam. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, I saw that the Razzies rescinded Bruce Willis's award this year. Very classy move by them. I was impressed by their decision. Yes, but it's a joke thing anyway. I mean, it's not like it's a... It's no, it's it's very important that the Hollywood industry has a thing to point out and shame the worst of the year. It's a joke event. But, yeah. but yes, it was a classy move to <laughs> rescind it. Um, you never want to punch down, right? Yes. Yes. So it was a classy move to rescind it. Absolutely. But again, the, the Razzies are a joke anyway. I mean, it's not nobody thinks badly of Halle Berry because she's got a Razzie. Hell, she showed up say, the she was a vamp about it. To, to accept the award, right? Because she, she knows it's a joke. But mm -hmm. yes, no, all of that removed. It's still a classy move on their part. All right, what's next? From Glenmark, Jim Carrey retiring? Where does that leave other Sonic movies? Well, number one, we don't know if Robotnik even survives uh, part two. Plus, look, I'm not a... I'm not steeped in the Sonic lore. <laughs> Are there any other villains in Sonic? They can introduce Shadow next. They oh, he's a villain Shadow. in Shadow. Yeah. Or, they, or villain in Sonic. There you go. Shadow's next. That's where it leaves I them. think that's what they'll do next. And everyone All right. comes Or they stuff. just get another actor to play Robotnik. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. From My Comic Planet. Oh, Dead I think uh, Sam. Oh, shoot. Sam Fisher. Are there any characters old or new set to appear in Moon Knight? With the other shows, there were rumors left and right. This time, completely quiet. Kind of nice. They have found a way to keep almost everything about Moon Knight very zipped up. I've heard hardly any, other than pure fan speculation thing, like I've heard nothing coming out of this. So it feels like from the first episode, they're trying to keep it very, fairly insulated from the rest of the MCU to make it really feel like its own yeah. standalone movie. So I have heard no rumors about anybody else showing up. Have any of you guys? I haven't, but I, I would like it if they didn't have anyone show up, if it was a self-contained story. I mean, maybe it seems to me if they brought this is strong enough that it could stand really on its own. And I'm curious to see where they're going to take it. But then again, 
You know, you got those mysterious episodes five and six that they didn't show to critics. Who knows what's going to happen, John? The only connection I could really see maybe is Black Knight, but specifically as Dane because of the, right. the museum connection. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a little bit of that. All right. That's a good point. What's next? Uh, from My Comic Planet, Deadline reported, Jim Carrey in interview said, I'm retiring. I've done enough. If this is true, what a career he's had. What's your fave Carrey film? Yeah. I, you know, we already discussed that a little bit earlier. Um, my favorite of his, God, I mean, I really shouldn't say the mask, but you got to understand the mask has such a real special place in my heart. I was living, it was the first time I was not living at home and me and some buddies were living in, in my buddy, my, my one friend, uh, got a, uh, a house on his own. Rodney was, is his name. And some of you guys might remember Rodney back in the day. He like. Uh, he used to do some movie blog stuff with me and whatever, but Rodney bought a house. And so a bunch of us, his buddies moved into the house with them and we had a VCR player and we would watch the mask over and over and over again. And I still contend to this day that why am I freezing on her name? Um, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. In that was the her mask, debut. There are, there are certain men and women in certain movies who just look the most physically gorgeous that a man or a woman could look. I propose Cameron Diaz in the mask tops that list. Oh, she's stunning in that. Oh, Her my dancing God. Is fun. He's so, so great. And you know, that's based on a comic book too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. But uh, that, but I mean, I, I probably would have to go with dumb and dumber. I mean, I don't know how you don't, uh, but yeah. But anyway, like I said, we discussed a little bit earlier in my comic. All right, what's next? Jedediah Elias, one of two. With Carrie retiring, what does this mean for Sonic 3? Will he be written off in Sonic 2, or did he already shoot his scene in advance? Um... Oh, there we go. Also, sucks that he never did get an Oscar. Really thought he deserved one for the Truman Show. I don't know that he deserved, because remember, it's this isn't like baseball, where... You can, or some other awards where if you just do good enough, you can be given an award. You have to be better than everybody else you're against that year. And um, to be honest with you, I am not so sure that he uh, deserved an award uh, for Truman Show that yet. Like, I don't know that he deserved to beat everybody else. By the way, he, I don't think, even think he got nominated, did he? I don't think, I don't think so. so. I think that was the year that he won the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm but didn't get nominated for the Oscar. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, there, I think there might be an argument that he could have been that, but uh, yeah, so if it is the end of the run for him, man. Ed Harris career. was great in that movie, too. Oh, Ed so Harris good. was so good in that. All right, what's next? From uh, Mike Joyce, I'm conflicted on whether or not I should see Morbius. I thought I liked watching fun, bad movies, but after seeing Moonfall, I'm not so sure anymore. It's not a fun, bad movie. No. It's, it's just a movie. I had more fun seeing Moonfall. I'll say I preferred watching uh, Morbius. Okay. I preferred watching Morbius, but it is, it's it's a movie. It's okay, I suppose, in some ways, but utterly a wasted opportunity. Like, again, I don't think it was a dumpster fire. It's just, mm-hmm. it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. All right, but, but you know what? You're going to regret not seeing it. At least if yeah. you see it, then you know. So I would say if you're into the comic book genre, Go give it a shot because listen, mm-hmm. right now it's sixty four percent audience yeah. rating, which means some audiences are having a good time. This, you may be one of those people, so give it a shot. This could be an instance where Ray's right, and maybe I watched a movie with my butt. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for Ray to see it now and call yeah. it the best movie since Endgame. I don't know. We'll see. All right, what's next? All right, from Mike Farino, my take: five year suspension, but indefinite or permanent ban from the Oscar ceremony. 
Yeah, I I think again, after finding out what we found out today, I would not argue or hold it against the Oscars if they gave him a permanent ban. Because and to, to me the refusal to leave is worse than the smack itself. If you're the Oscars. But where I actually think it'll fall, I think it'll be that five years. I think it'll be the five years, Mike. All right, what's next? All right, from James Germain. Hey, John, you know Marvel doesn't have faith in a movie when they don't even put their own logo on it. Hashtag Morbius. Oh, the logo's on it. If, if the movie starts with the... In association with. Yeah, with, 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 but with that big Marvel opening flippy mm-hmm. pages thing. It, it's, it starts it's there. there. It's, it is a Marvel... I mean, it's not a, a Marvel production, but it is a Marvel character. And they've, for some reason, connected their universe to it. So there we go. All right, what's next? All right, from Late Night Alum. Skipped Morbius. Saw You Won't Be Alone instead. I'm not familiar with You Won't Be Alone. Does anybody here know what that is? Uh, I don't know what uh, You Won't Be Alone is late night, but it sounds like maybe not the wrong decision. All right, what's next? (laughs) From Old Danny Boy. I think my local theater made a mistake. You mentioned that they haven't put out anything uh, for Thor, but they had the new poster up last week. I'll take a picture and send it to Rob next time I go. Okay. Please do. What has happened this past two years or so, a phenomenon has started happening in some movie theaters, in some places, where, listen, movie theaters want to advertise big movies because it gets people excited about coming back to their theater. And what has happened, we saw this happen with Spider-Man No Way Home, that when they were slow to get posters out, some movie theaters started taking fan-made posters, printing them, and then putting them up until they get their hands on the real thing. So I wouldn't be surprised, old Danny boy, to find out if the poster you saw was actually a fan-made poster that they just downloaded off the internet and printed up until Marvel gives them an actual yeah. one. I thought about taking a picture. My my regal near me, the posters, all that's up outside the theater, it's only Morbius. It's the only poster Ooh. they have up. They really hedged their bets. And you know what? I'm going to say this. I was in the Prime Theater last night watching Morbius, which is their number one theater. <coughs> and it wasn't full. I mean, there was a, a decent crowd in it, but it's the Prime Theater. That's the one everybody wants to go to. And it was not full. So I don't know how this is going to do opening day. If they can crack $30 million, I think they're going to have to be happy with it. But we'll see. All right, what's next? From... John Redcorn, will there be a Morbius roast? Uh, I mean, open spoiler discussion this weekend. <laughs> After that post-credit scene, I have a lot to say. You know what? Here's the thing: I gener- generally won't do um, open spoiler discussions for movies I don't like because I don't want to just bitch and cry. Like I, I like to talk about movies we like. Yeah. I like to have fun. I want to talk about, you know, oh my God, we enjoy that. That that's what I want to do. So I generally try to lean away from doing, particularly if they're not going to be massive blockbusters. Like if it's a massive, massive, massive blockbuster that everybody wants to talk about, I'll probably do it even if I don't like the movie myself. But I don't like just setting up a video where all I'm gonna do is whine. I- um, but I might. If enough people want us to do an open spoiler discussion for Morbius on Sunday, we will do one. You know what? I'm going to put up a poll on my Twitter. You know what? Screw it. I'll put up a poll right now. I'll just ask you guys right now. And and I ask, guys, be honest. Uh, Do you want a Morbius open spoiler discussion? That's OSD on Sunday. 
<laughs> honestly and would you and only say yes if you'd actually come and participate so there it is let me know and uh and and then we'll, we'll, we'll oh, see if, no. a, if a vast majority of you want yes i'll do it but i got a feeling not the vast majority of you will want it okay we'll check in on that in a bit all right what's next all right from we already did that one salamander man so morbius last night felt like i watched the unofficial sequel to dracula untold i want to say you're being harsh but, but you're probably not being harsh. <laughs> that's, yeah. It's or, or what is what is it that um um in Parks and Rec there's an episode where Andy and April come to um Chris's care uh who plays Chris? Chris Traeger, Robert Lowe. So sorry, sorry, uh, uh the the love interest for Ben Wyatt. Yeah, Ben Wyatt goes to Ben Wyatt, who is played by Adam Scott. Adam Scott. They go to to Adam Scott and say they bring home champion, the one-legged dog. And he's, and he's, uh, he says, just don't expect me to take care of it. And they're like, Oh, that's fine. We don't expect you to. Although since you don't have a job anymore and we're the only ones paying for it, maybe you should to which Ben Wyatt goes cruel, but fair. And I think Salamander man, I think you just said something that is cruel, but fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's totally that fair. That statement was accurate. All right. What's next? <laughs> Elizabeth Hirado. So Morbius was so bad. If I have to give it a positive sign, it's Matt Smith. He gave it a hundred percent. Also, how do you F up a post credit scene? Yeah, well, they did it. They did it. I, and by the way, I'm not giving Matt Smith a pass. I particularly once you got into the second half of the film, uh, I'm not quite sure. And like, it might've partially been the writing, but I just, even the way he played certain things, yeah. but, and again, I don't think it was the worst thing in the world. It has, its, it had its upsides. It's the, just, the turn isn't earned. It is not. That's, I think the biggest like, issue is like, what's all. happening and why are you like yeah. this? You know, right. you know, John with Morbius, I started getting a bad feeling about it when we started, you know, um, having it as a topic more and more. So I would go to the poster site and start looking for new posters and have you seen all the Morbius posters? No. No no disrespect to anybody who worked on them, but they have to be the worst. No respect I, to anybody who worked. All due respect to everybody who worked on those posters. But they, posters they just, they're just not <laughs> all due respect. Morbius-y. Yeah, not Morbius-y. All right, what's next? Glenn Mark, riddle me this. There was an 80s film that broke box office records in every South African city, Ebert said of it. The movie's a nice little treasure. No idea. You'd have to give us more than that, Glenmark. Sorry about that. All right, what's next? Raymond Bulldog, will we get a pregame for Moon Knight next week? Is it The Gods Must Be Crazy? Is that the movie? Oh, maybe. Um, I'm going to say, let me see one more episode. I, if I really like episode two, then we will we will pregame the final four episodes. So no, there won't be a pregame for Moon Knight this week. Uh, there will definitely be a post game, but if we really like it, then we will start. We will pregame episodes three, four, five, and six. It's it's a big week for like even the Halo show for me. I mean, yeah, this, episode three coming for this, Halo. Yeah, this better tell me everything I want to know about the upcoming series, and I I'm I will decide if I I'm gonna watch it still or not after the third episode. Right. All right. What's next? All right, from Rolando. Morbius makes the Godfather look like pixels. Scorsese cried watching it. Tarantino went, how did they do it? A masterpiece. The reason cinema exists. I mean, it, it, it's that's the way I kind of pictured it. That's the way I kind of had it in my head the last few weeks. Sweet summer child. But that's what it was going to be. And uh, yeah, maybe not so much. All right, what's next? My Comic Planet. 
Is the Rotten Tomatoes discrepancy between critics versus audience score for Morbius the largest gap of any comic book movie? Uh, no, it's it's large. You don't. It is not normal to see these gaps be greater than say twenty five percent. Yeah, right. It, it's it's usually they're within the same quadrant, right? This is a large one. Granted, let's see how it evolves as it goes. Uh, obviously, a lot of people go to see Morbius are, are like me. We are predisposed to liking comic book movies. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. This, this is going to be one of the greater ones. But even the people I have talked to who would kind of enjoyed Morbius, it's not like it was with Venom. Like, because the audience who liked Venom really had a good time at Valentine. Right. Venom. I'm not getting a lot of that from people with Morbius. All right. What's next? From seconds from disaster, do you think Mark is the main personality, and he's sending postcards to Stephen to create the illusion to Stephen that his life is his real life? Well, listen, I brought up in talking about this the other day that I don't know that. Remember, take notice of this: we never actually heard Stephen talking to his mother. Mm -hmm. He was only only leaving messages on her machine. And so I am not convinced that Steven is the dominant personality. No, that's all going to be heartbreaking. That's all I'm convinced of. Because it's not just the combat. Because somebody asked that girl out, and it wasn't Steven. So I'm not really sure. Rob, if you had a guess right now, you know more about this than the rest of us. So your guess is more informed than ours. Who do you think is the dominant personality? I don't think what we're seeing now is entirely the whole story. Okay, so there could be more to it. Yes. Uh, you're probably right about that. All right, what's next? Uh, from Al Renshaw, I saw a Nerdist article that said the small country town in trailer TV spot could be Latvia. Would you agree with this, or is that out of bounds? Everybody always wants to bring in Dr. Doom. And I get it. I'm going to guess it's not. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess it's not. Although, it would be pretty exciting if it is. I mean, they did mention, like, well, Madripoor in yeah. uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier. I, you know... If you're going to go to Liberia, I don't think you're going to I don't think they're going to do it in this show. Maybe. Not to mention if that was Liberia, uh Handsome Hawk does not get to operate there. There is a particular ruler of that country who for all of his faults, Dr. Doom is very serious about his people and protecting his people. He is very serious about that. And I don't think if that's that country, I don't think its ruler would permit uh, Handsome Hawk to be operating there like that. So that's why I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess it's not. But we yeah. might find out that it is. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw. I saw a Nerdist article. Oh, we just did that one. Oh, sorry. Um, Cody Hunt. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't know Hans Zimmer scored Morbius movie. Wow. Oh, my God. I don't know that the, that's true. Though they ripped off. That scene when there's the bats are swirling around Michael Morbius. Oh, it sounded the, just like the music no, from Batman Begins. No yeah. way. It totally. I mean, it, it totally was, sounded yeah. just it was like it. Shameless. It no was shameless. way, dude. It was. I, you know what? That was another moment. I, I should have brought this up earlier. I'm. I'm like, really. By the way, really? we see that. We see that. We see that moment in the trailers. Right. We're standing there, and the bats are flying around him. It. The music 
all I could think about was the scene from Batman Begins as Bruce was standing there yeah. like that. It sounded very, very, I mean, they didn't literally go and lift the track and drop yeah. it in. It's, it might as well have. But it's heavily influenced I mean, and by you know, that, that was scene where thing. they were like, Michael's parents were killed in an alley and her pearls went everywhere. That was too much. <laughs> that went too far. That was but too that, far. Was, that, that was, that was, it was just not good. Oh, all right. Y'all, Jason Frost in the chat says that the boxes behind Steven's head save on doom in the, the Moon Knight episode. Um, when, I guess when he's in that, Cupcake cart, maybe? I don't know. So okay. Oh. So we need to go double check that. Somebody would have to send us a screenshot of that. Now, yeah. if, even if that that's could... true, even if that's true, which that's pretty cool if that's true, but even if that's true, Marvel has, they, it, it's not like it's unheard of or unusual that Marvel have put oh. meaningless Easter eggs in the background. They have done that before. So just, even if this is true and there's Von Doom on a crate, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It it's us. Also, <laughs> also just, I'm just saying, don't believe Dee? anything that you've seen right now. That's very true. Oh, that's true. Uh, too. I don't believe any of it. I just like this uh, James Gunn tweet of Adam Warlock. What's that? He just tweeted, I was taking a photo of me and Adam Warlock on the set and I clicked on the photo and it's just a giant blur. So I'm taking it as a April Fool's joke. I'm trying to look at the photo, but I don't see anything on it. Let's see. Oh, there it is. I was taking a photo of me and Adam Warlock on set of Guardians of Galaxy 3 and somehow this is what I got. That's April you Fool's, right? Do you, oh, no, I don't think it's April Fool. Oh, I, no, just, I can see it. Ray, Ray blew it up on I the think they're yeah. distorting the picture. Oh. I think they're personally distorting the picture. I think it's his hand over it too, and everything. So what does this mean, John? Are we getting something it looks like on a Monday? It's going someplace Maybe. we don't. I don't yeah. think so. That movie—they're still not even done shooting Guardians of the Galaxy three, so I, just, I don't think we're getting anything. But yeah. chat, don't don't do anything uh, sneaky today. April Fools is nonsense. Yes. Why would you hurt me like this? Why would you get my hopes up? Oh, the Doctor Doom thing was was a joke. Some people are like, no, it's probably April Fools. How dare? Although Red Comet does bring up a good point in the live chat. Red Comet says, wait a minute. Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom owns a cupcake business? I love that for him, though. That would be so great. <laughs> By the way, Red Comet, nice name. All right. What's right, next? Ray? Do you know the Red Comet from Gundam? Uh, from Black Rice 19. Sure. I saw Morbius last night. Yikes. I can't believe people still want Andrew Garfield to join this Venomverse. No, thanks. Post credits are baffling. Look, I, I just, look, one bad movie is one bad movie. The Venom movies are awesome. I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. I love the Venom I movies. I think they're a lot of fun. And I am with Rob on this. I mean, I don't think Andrew Garfield is going to be in them, but I am totally with Rob that I want it to happen. And if it does happen, I will be so damn. Don't let Morbius derail other things. That's like saying, eh, Hawkeye wasn't so good. I'm not going to watch the next Avengers. I, I'm not saying Venom's the Avengers. I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't let one thing derail it too much. All right, what's next? From Rafael Castillo, one of two. I've admired Will for decades and don't doubt he has a good heart, but this was a criminal offense, a moral offense, and an offense to the black community and the academy. Oh, there we are. His full apology came only after Will getting jiggy with it after the after party, as if everything was okay. It will take me a while to get over my anger at him. I completely understand what you're saying, Raphael. I, I really do. And everything you said is absolutely correct. I, and what the Academy does, the Academy will do because Will caused also an offense against them by hijacking their show, refusing to leave when they asked him to leave and say, you know, putting himself, but so what they do is their business. But I would say as an individual viewer is that something I've, a phrase I've said a lot the last little bit, don't 
we shouldn't allow somebody's worst moment to define how we see them as a whole, right? This was clearly Will Smith's worst moment. And if you guys saw Rob's worst moment, you'd never want to watch him again. If you saw my worst moment, if you just happened to catch me on camera in my worst moment, you'd never want to watch me again. If I caught you on your worst moment, I'd, I'd want to block you and never let you watch my show again. If all we saw, if we were, were given access to see everybody's worst moment, we'd never talk to anybody. So while I do not downplay the seriousness of the incident, and the incident should be judged, I don't think we should judge the totality of the individual based on the one worst moment. He is more than just that one moment. And here's the thing about a guy like Will Smith, for every one of these terrible moments, we can probably point to a dozen really great heartwarming stories about things that he has done that are great and really nice. That does not forgive or excuse what he did. I'm just saying, let's look at it for what it is. It was his worst moment. It needs to be dealt with and there do need to be consequences. But I am not going to personally let this affect how I look at him overall, right? Like my best friend does something stupid. I'm going to call it. That was stupid. You're an idiot. I still love you, but that was idiotic and I'm calling you on it. And he does need to be called on it. But let's not, unless more things come out that we haven't heard. I was going to say, if he starts to exhibit a pattern, a pattern of, of this yes. violent or aggressive behavior, you know, like we've seen with other people we've talked about this week, or I, I think everyone's had one of those people in their life of, this person, they sure, they keep apologizing, but there's no change behavior and they keep doing it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole different story then. Yeah, but, I, but listen, Raphael, I totally get it. I get yeah. where you're coming from, man. I totally do, and I don't think you're alone in feeling that way. All right, what's next? From Todd Kaepernick, if a high-profile movie critically or financially bombs, does a studio go back and hold an autopsy to figure out what went wrong and what to blame? Oh, for movies that are modestly successful, hugely successful, modestly failure, huge failure, they have a massive processes in place to go through every single step about what happened, what got them to the point, why did they get the results they got, good or bad. They absolutely do, and they will absolutely do that with... Morbius, but what's the point if you're not going to take the lesson of the post-mortem that you did from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and just repeated the same mistakes again anyway? <laughs> but like, oh my God. All right, what's next? From Dallas Designer, the real question is, how was Tyrese in the movie? <sighs> Sleepwalking. I, they gave the... I don't... Listen, when I said I don't know why Tyrese was there, let me rephrase it. I don't know why the character was there. Yeah. Right. Every scene that Tyrese's character was there, it could have been nondescript FBI agent number four, then nondescript FBI agent number seven. There was no point to his character being there. And again, I obviously I've got a little bit of history with Tyrese. Everybody knows that. But uh, this was not Tyrese's problem. This was not his fault in the least. I just know why the character Plus, was Plus, he wasn't having... I love Tyrese. I love him in the Fast and Furious movies. He wasn't having any fun in this movie. Didn't look like it. I mean, I, 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 but his character's uh, supposed to be this grim, dead serious. I know, but why cast him in the role then? You know, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it's still this. This film just. This film was not fun to watch. You could see El Madrigal trying to have fun as his partner. Yep, he was doing. I mean, he did a good. He was having fun. Yeah, and I, kind of just don't know why we had both of those characters if we weren't going to flesh either of them out. Yeah, like yeah. Combine the two or don't have this. I bet there was a lot more of them in an earlier version of this movie. All right. What's next? 
from, we gotta scroll up, there we go, NC, loved Moon Knight and I don't care how it fits into the MCU. Good for you. Let's just appreciate this wonderfully weird show with Zaddy Leto, uh, Atreides, and Handsome Hawk. Okay. Atreides and Handsome Hawk, excuse me. How does Marvel continue to put out stuff that is so fundamentally different from the previous things they put out? WandaVision was like nothing the MCU's ever done. Eternals was like, regardless of how you feel about the results, I personally liked it, some didn't, that's fine, but you can't deny that Eternals was unlike anything they had ever done. Moon Knight was, is unlike anything they have ever done. Even Shang-Chi to a degree was kind of unlike anything they had done before. Like they just keep finding ways mm -hmm. to making it always feel different and new and got to run out eventually, but man, they're doing so. And Moon Knight follows up on that. All right. What's next? All right. From Bit Clarky, one of two. When the Academy reviews the situation between Will and Chris, would they still have the ability to view camera angles that were not in the broadcast edit? Yes. There's Hold a second. There, Hold a second. Oh. There we go. Uh, either way, there appears to be an alternative angle showing Jada apparently laughing after the slap. Thoughts? Rob? Yep, there is. And I've seen it. Um, yeah, there's lots of different camera angles they had like i read they had like a hundred different cameras on drones and mounts and sticks sense. and so there's a lot of and different then footage that people shot in the, uh, the yeah and then there's shot, all yeah. different yeah. kinds of camera angles and so yeah they could they could observe and that yeah that thing when uh when she she did laugh uh but you know i mean look he was defending her honor. I can understand all that. I, I get all that. But yeah, they, they are going to make an assessment. But look, I don't think they should necessarily judge people based on their reactions to what was going on in their minds at the time. All they can do is judge people on what actions they actually took. Somebody laughing for whatever reason is not an offense, but somebody laying hands on someone else is. Mm -hmm. And that's what they have to judge it on. Yeah. <sighs> Do you think they'll take into account like all the various footage? Do you think they're going to ask people to send in footage that maybe they shot at the Academy Awards? And if so, should they even make that admissible? Uh, yeah, I think everything should be admissible. But if you, you know, it's not going to be a court of law. They're going to have to just make an argument about it. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing was such an anomalous event that I think everything is up for grabs. What really comes down to it is is. One member got up and struck another member for whatever reason, whatever's going through your head. That's I mean, it was I, I can guarantee this, John. It was not premeditated. There's no way it was premeditated. If it was premeditated, it'd be different. But that's really the only question. I mean, that's what they in a court of law. That's a difference between murder and manslaughter. All right. What's next? Oh, uh, wrong one. Sorry. <laughs> that's OK. Uh, from Marie. Seeing everything, every, seeing everything everywhere all at once on Sunday at an Alamo draft house. Yes. Woo. First time to the draft house. A bit of a drive, but I'm so excited. Thanks. First time at the draft house. Yes. Yeah. Draft house is, I mean, I've, I've got some issues with draft house because mm -hmm. I don't like the way their owner has conducted business. Mm, fair. But it's a good place to see. A draft yeah. house is a good place to see a movie. You get those it, fried pickles. Well, I don't like fried pickles, but the seats are comfortable. Mm -hmm. The projection's always good. They're very hardcore about the rules of nobody can oh, have their yeah. phone out because they'll take your they'll phone away. You they'll out. kick you the hell out. They are more I decisive than the Academy. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I listen, I, I have some fundamental problems with the way they run their business, but 
uh, it's a there's no denying it's a really good experience watching a movie in it really is yeah. they, and the one in LA is quite good the, the one in Austin they would do Saturday morning cartoons which was so fun and you'd go in your pajamas and get to eat cereal Ugh, it was the best alright what's next from Sam Ash Chris equals Will Smith Morbius equals Chris Rock oh, oh my gosh <laughs> on, I, on Twitter I just my meanest thing was I, I wrote that I had a list of things I'd rather do than see the movie and none of them were violence it was things like Beyond Love is Blind alright what's next <laughs> jeez <laughs> old Danny boy I know X actor and X role, but with Timothy Oliphant already being in the Disney family, I could see a world where he could be a good Doctor Doom. Anybody could be a good Doctor Doom. I mean, depending on how they write it and what type of personality they want to give them, how they want that to express. Yes, look, that's why all I ever say is that as long as it's a good actor, Timothy Oliphant's a really good actor, and I love him. Uh, but I, I suppose, but there's many ways they could write Doctor Doom where Timothy wouldn't be a good fit for for the character so i, I don't know do you, you got i always saw dr doom as a european even growing yeah. up and reading the comics i mean well, i could I, play timothy could play European. that's why when like julian mcmahon was dr doom i'm like wait what yeah i you want like a mads mickelson type but yeah i mean there's I mean, my choice for dr yeah. doom i mean of course i mean yeah, he would be a great yeah, he would be, but again it's it's because he's a great actor yeah. right yeah yeah absolutely a, yeah but timothy would be great depending on what it is how they write the character look We've had four different Jokers on the big screen in the last number of years. And each one of those four Jokers were written completely differently. Because Heath Ledger would not have made a great Joker in um, uh, Suicide Squad, for no. example. Uh, it, or, you know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix would not have made a great Joker in Tim Burton's Batman. It's just, it's depending on how you write the character, it can be completely different. So, yeah, there's that. But Timothy's awesome. All right, what's mm -hmm. next? All right, from My Comic Planet. John, I know you always say movies are subjective. Perfect example. Chris Duckman just dropped his Moonfall review, and he really liked it. Yeah, I mean, good. I mean, that's the thing. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say, nor should I ever say, oh, Chris is wrong. Chris doesn't know movies. Well, of course, he's a huge film fan. He, he loves his movies and stuff like that. And he watched it, and it hit him in such a way that it gave him a really good experience. And if that's the case... Awesome. Yeah. I think he he came at it the way you, Chris, and I came at mm -hmm. Moonfall. Yeah. You know, he admits freely that this isn't a good movie. Yeah. But did you have fun? But I had fun, yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? All right, from Big D Studios Entertainment. Hey, John and crew, this is Devin. Sorry for all the email confusion. Happy to part be part of the community. Seeing Morbius tonight, high hopes. Oh, I'm like, Devin, okay, now I get it. Okay, so Devin was emailing me because he was sending in tip questions to Mailbag and wondering why they weren't popping up in Super Chats of this. And so I was trying to explain oh, to him the okay. difference between, the, there we go, and everything got, I'm glad we okay. got that straightened out, Big D. Thanks for following up, man. All right, what's next? All right, from Anthony, the CGI in Halo looks awesome for a series budget. Maybe better than Moon Knight. Thoughts? It did look really good. And I thought the Halo thought looked stuff good looked too. very good. Yeah, I got to give it that. Uh, both shows uh, did did well on their effects. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, the one problem, the one part that it really stood out to me in Moonfall, and oh yeah, this is being done on a TV budget, was a little bit in the car chase and then the logs fall, falling. Like, I didn't see that there. I didn't see oh, that didn't at all. That? I I did, but and that was fine. That was fine. But it, it's it's okay. But I I was really impressed with the Halo CGI. I really really was. It's good. All right. What's next? 
from Glenmark. Answer. Oh, Rob, you're right. The gods must be crazy. I would love to read this film. Could it happen for Movie Club one day? I love gods. Gods must be crazy uh, is a comedy about a tribe that the well, poster is hilarious. Just yeah. in and of itself. There's a, a whereas it falls you know, out of the sky. It fall, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what? The guy saw the gods must be crazy at the Seattle International Film Festival. If you have not seen it, it's a wonderful movie, and the less you know about it, the better. But yes, it has to deal with a coke bottle. Yep, falling out of the sky, and what happens then? It's yeah. it's pretty fun. All right, what's next? From Blue Jay, happy April Fool's Day, John and crew. I was thinking of an April Fool's Day prank to play on my friends, but with Morbius out today, I think I know what to do. I think we've all suffered enough on uh, on April's Fool's Day, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, all right, just take them to see it, and then say, "Man, April it's Fool's. not even noon. Come on, or is it one?" Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's past yeah. noon now, so it is over. But yeah, uh, is there really that just that amount of time? I, th- for I think Fool's that's Day? always been the rule, right? At least since I was a kid, the rule has been April Fool's ends at noon. At least since oh, I was is that a kid. true? I didn't know there were rules to this nonsense day. Yeah, like it doesn't, it's not supposed to run like all day. uh, uh, You know, my mother used to do things like stick terrible things in sandwiches. Not terrible, but I, she got me every year. Every year I would forget it was April 1st. She'd make me lunch and I would either get like some horrible things that I hated to eat inside a sandwich that I normally, she did it every year. And I always fell for it. Human toe? No, 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 not like that. Like, like, like mayonnaise and potato chips and peanut butter, just these incongruous things, and I hated it. And, and I would, you know, you'd bite into it, and it was too late to yeah. do anything I, about I, it. Speaking of, am I the only one who does this? You know what I really love doing with my sandwich? I love. I'm Italian, so I love a good cold cut mm-hmm. sandwich, right? Yeah. But I love making a sandwich, some nice fresh, squishy bread. I love fresh, squishy bread. I'm, I'm not a fan of the the hard the toasting. Bread. No, yeah. and if you toast it, you got to do it inside your sandwich too. Yeah, no, so I it's like on the roof of your fresh, mouth. squishy bread. Yeah. So slather on the mayonnaise, uh, get on some salami, maybe some turkey breast, whatever. And then I started really liking putting some potato chips in it. It's the best. Okay, so I'm not alone, no, right? It's delicious. Because you take that bite, Texture. it gives it a little bit of saltiness. Mm-hmm. But it gives you that texture, gives you that crunch. Mm-hmm. And so I really okay. I'm glad I'm no. not a freak. I no. thought I was a little. It bit works with like cold that. cuts. Yes. Yes. Really I, well. I, I can't if you're, see, if you're I can't doing it with peanut, peanut butter, butter, though. Yeah. Yeah. Catholic moms don't do that. Life is suffering already. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. All right, but I fall next? for it every year. All right. From uh, Caden, the ducking language today, duck. Yeah, we started off on the real wrong foot today, Caden. All right. What's next? Donito, see the Moon Knight Hot Toys, Rob. Do you need to change? He was very excited about it, but I'm telling him it's all a lie. It's Aww. not a, no, because it was announced in Hong Kong and they're past the international dateline, so it's April 2nd there. They're all liars. Lies. Like no hot toy for Rob. All right, what's next? From Andy, it was The Rock instead of Chris Rock at the If it was The Rock instead of Chris Rock at the Oscars, he would have kept Jada's name out of his effing mouth because it doesn't matter what her name is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I I said before, I'll say it again. If it was John Cena or Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Jonathan Majors presenting that award, then none of that would have happened. None of that would have happened. What's your name again? My name's... It doesn't matter what your name... That's one of the greatest lines ever in wrestling history. And it didn't matter whenever The Rock did it, it was always great. It's like, what do you think about uh, that thing over there? Well, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter what you think. It's the best thing ever. All right, what's next? From Brian's Game Talk, if ever Ezra ever wants to quit drinking, eat Twizzlers. They're not alcohol, but they're licorice. Oh, oh God. 
Uh, oh, by the way, bro. red vines all the way. <laughs> what? Red vines, bro. No Twizzlers. Not up in this hizzle. I think both are trash. Both are trash, but Twizzlers is the better I trash. I lean more towards the Twizzlers myself. You people are crazy. Although when I used to run AMC Red and Vines. Collider, we used to keep a bit. You might remember this. We used to keep a huge jug of Red Vines. Oh, I know. In the office. And you know what's great about Red Vines? I mean, they're longer than Twizzlers, so you can bite off the ends and still use them as a straw. For, for the majority I, I of your drink. That with, I always did that with Twizzlers, too. Why do you need short. to drink out of a sugar straw? Because Joy. You should try it. Joy, yes. Chris. Because I'm Joy, Chris. so much Joy. I don't need it artificially. Oh, Joy. 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 All and, right. But, and by the way, Twizzler, Twizzlers are, are not nearly as big as Red Vines. By the way, you will appreciate this. You will not. You will. <laughs> There's I a lot of pointing right there, John. Yeah. I'm a Spider-Man. I'm a Spider-Man <laughs> living mean. So I once... Got a Frosty from Wendy's. Let it melt a little bit. Which is good. I'm a and big I Frosty from stuck Wendy's. Stuck the Twizzlers in there. And I drank. I slurped. And that's hard because the Frosty can be a little bit thick. But I worked them jaw muscles and I consumed that Frosty <laughs> through, through a Twizzler. Wow. <laughs> the power of suck, what are we my talking friend. About? The, the power, power of suck. suck. Wow. All right. You got to bring your finesse game, though. All right. What's next? A film code podcast. <laughs> I feel like Marvel gave Sony an outdated script just for laughs. Let's see if they make this. No, they yeah, won't they make won't. this. Oh man, I just give them the wrong one. Yeah, I, I don't know what. Again, listen, I really want to emphasize this. I don't think it's super terrible. It just wasn't good, and I was. I'm just really disappointed about. It. All right, what's next? All right, from uh, Ryan Trabu- uh, Trabuco. Happy Friday. This is <laughs> oh, like a twenty dollar chat. Yay. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Happy Friday. Hope your day goes better, John. Love the, te- <laughs> love the Tex-Mex talk earlier this week with a Frito pie. My grandmother used to make a bomb enchilada casserole. Oh, yes. Tex-Mex is so much better than Calmex. Have a great weekend. I had Hard never heard of the stuff that you were talking about. Oh, my God, it's magical. But you sold me. Oh. Now, look, I, I know, for those, some of you may not know, when Chris Carr first started work with me, mm-hmm. her job was like host slash personal, personal assistant. assistant. Mm-hmm. And so... One of the things that, oh, God, she did so well, would she would, like, cook for us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you right now, if you were ever blessed enough to eat a Chris Carr prepared meal, Aww. your life is better for it. That's real nice. So I'm just going to throw this out there, mm-hmm. that if one of these days, that thing you and Aaron were talking about, oh, if you ever want to, if you happen one day to feel like, I want to bring this in. That's so easy. I would not reject it. Hell yeah. I just want to let you know that. We just, can do that. I mean, how I about just, during a show? Can we just munch on it the entire time? Because I would enjoy Ray sampling that as well. And uh, lumpia for us. Yeah. And then we'll have a nice food day. Mm. And some, some aviation gin martinis to wash everything Ooh. down. By the way, I'm just throwing out there. I'm not going to call anybody out personally, but I was told a crate of aviation gin <gasps> was being delivered to me. Has not arrived. It's been weeks. I'm not going to call out any names. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here. But if you're watching, and I know you're watching, you know who you are. <laughs> I was told a case of aviation. I told the good people in this studio that a case of aviation gin was coming. We haven't got it. I also, I don't want to mention any names, but thank you for that case of vacation. <laughs> oh, it did arrive. I've had some good nights. 
baby. <laughs> Man, Rob right. and I just sitting over here being Way thirsty. to not share. Yeah. All right, what's next? All right, from King Tannic. I actually liked Morbius. The ending and end credit scene sucked, but otherwise I had a good time. Hey, listen, awesome. I, and I get it. I do. Like, I, I thought there were pros in the movie. Some of it is quite watchable. It, unfortunately for me, it never crossed that threshold of being a good movie. And, and it just kind of left me disappointing. Disappointed, but I totally see how others and could I, have had a good I time wanted to like it. Well, I think we all did. I super did. He's but dead. I'm glad you did, King Chantic, and I don't think you're allowed. You're, you're allowed. really letting this poll go on, huh? You really don't oh, want to do this. Oh, I never looked at the poll. <laughs> so the poll is now, let's go over to the poll here. I asked you guys, do you guys want a Morbius open spoiler discussion? And it is 100% split with 2,000 votes. 50% of you are saying yes, 50% of you, so we're just going to say no. For me, John, you shouldn't because it's WrestleMania that day. You yeah. need a day. To, you need is a WrestleMania day. Yeah, yeah. you need a day to relax, man. You just need. I mean, it's been a long week. Oh, we're yeah, we got Anne's birthday party and, tomorrow, and then and you could trash Morbius throughout the next week if you want yeah. to, or whatever you I do. I want to trash Morbius. All right, what's next? From Arthur Smith, John. No, no one movie can kill a cinematic universe. Tom Cruise is the mummy. Sits quietly in the corner. <laughs> okay, but you are right. You are right, Arthur. But I will say this. That was a cinematic universe that never even got started. Like, that, that was dead on arrival. So it's not like they, it was already going and then they hit the, like, that was their coming out of the gate and they fell flat in their face. So I like the what? mummy more well, than Morbius. Wow. I, I didn't mind the mummy. I, I think I'll say that. that, too. I think I preferred The Mummy over Morbius. I, I didn't mind The Mummy. I'd be personally Kurtzman upset about The Mummy because I had had a meeting with a casting director at Universal oh. who talked about, like, the MonsterVerse and finding a place for good old Chris Carr. And I was like, this movie, no! Why? Why is it like this? Because of Alex so, Kurtzman. It would have been better if you were in it. Oh, thanks, John. I'll say that. All right, what's next? From Kevin Cow. Wow, what a mess of a movie, Morbius. <laughs> I'm shocked that Marvel didn't ask Sony to take out the post credit scene. So bad. I mean, obviously, they have no right to ask them to take it out. There are still some people under the impression that Marvel has any say over what Sony does in their movies. They really don't. Although they do, they they love Kevin Feige and they always ask him for his input. But they have no authority to say anything to Sony about anything. <laughs> Clearly, was he was Kevin? busy that yeah. day. Yeah, he was probably. I don't know if he was scratching his ass or <laughs> doing whatever. It's like just playing not with his own one of a kind hot toy of himself. Of himself, man. Wow. That's that's the one time you can say, "What are you doing? I'm playing with myself," and it'd be totally fine. That's the one time you could do that. All right, what's next? Uh, from Sal B, Brady came out of retirement to film his final season, a Brady documentary. Uh, that's probably it. He probably had a great idea for a documentary. It's like, but you know, he already did. Like, what was the name of the the documentary series on ESPN they just did with, uh, with Tom Brady? It was called uh, Man on the Field or something. It was like an uh, eight part documentary. I still haven't watched it. All right, what's next? From Cody Hunt, Morbius existing is an April Fool's joke. It, yeah, I'm so, you guys know how excited uh -huh. I've been like for years over this movie. All right, what's next? Tom Fulton. Hey there, gang. I wonder if there's a reason Obi-Wan was moved. Is it so they could show the first episode to folks at Star Wars Celebration on Thursday, May 26th? Love the show, by the way. Okay, so Rob, you, I think you got this text as well. We got a text message, and I, I, I won't say from where I'm from, just in case it's sensitive information. I don't know. But we got a text message that basically said this, and I wouldn't doubt this. This does make sense to me. Yep. You guys all know that Disney Plus's subscription growth has slowed and that Disney stock has dropped. Bob Chapek needs a big win. 
and the quarterly earnings call is in early May. The word around Lucasfilm is that the re this was a Bob Chapek decision because they believe if they debut it on a Friday, there's a lot more people who will watch it on the Friday. And even though they're still going to continue this thing uh, to be on Wednesdays after the debut, that going into the earnings call, they want to show off a huge viewership win. That 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 JPEG is looking to get a big win to take to that earnings call. Because they got to talk about the fact that subscriptions have slowed and stock has dropped and all that kind of stuff. And moving into Friday, we'll get bigger debut numbers than if they debuted it on the Wednesday. I believe that because it makes sense. They are going to get more initial viewers by dropping it on a Friday than they would on a Wednesday. And it would mean he could go into those meetings boasting about these big numbers and stuff like that. So I personally believe it, but we, we obviously haven't heard anything official. Rob, have you developed any other theories? No, but I think that's a, that's a good one. Although, you know, there's, there's only so many households in the world that are going to subscribe. And what do we have like 120 million households in the U S so there's only so many, so many streamers in the United States that you can have. Yeah. So I, eventually there's going to be no more subscriptions. All right. What's next? Hold on, John. What? Unfortunately, people are bringing up that the poll ended up 50% to 49%. That's not possible. So they are demanding. Chat, who taught you math? Who taught who taught math to Oh, me? wait. Am I getting fooled right now? Well, no. Actually, it, it does read. Aprily fooled? I'm looking at the results right now. It does read 50% to 49%. So it must be like. 50.1 or um, something. They're just not showing the points on it. But no, I needed a clear majority. I needed a clear okay. majority. So no, we will not be, uh, <laughs> we won't be doing that. All right. <laughs> uh, Jedediah Elias. Uh, with no Thor 4 trailer yet, thinking Marvel will pull a DCEU and move back Thor and Black Panther 2 to give more attention to Doctor Strange 2, like WB did with the Batman? Here's the problem. By the way, that's not why WB moved anything. <laughs> um, they knew, they've known for two years exactly when Doctor Strange, well, I mean, since at least the, uh, the, since the pandemic made the move things around. But when they set these release dates, they already knew what came out when. It's not like they just went, wait a minute, we've got Thor debuting just two months after Doctor Strange? What were we thinking? No, no, no. They knew this the whole time. I, I don't like saying it, but I, I think them delaying Thor may be on the table. Like, this is, we're now at 98 days until Thor 4 comes out. This is the shortest ever in Marvel history that they haven't debuted their marketing yet for a movie that's coming out. It's They've never cut it as close as 98 days. So we already explored on yesterday's show some possible reasons why this might be, but I think one of those reasons might be they might be delaying it. I, I don't know for sure. But we'll find out soon. It has to be soon because we're 98 days away from when it's supposed to open. This is a really big stretch, but Tyke has been really busy promoting Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. So And that just ended. So could that have anything to do with it? But just so he it's doesn't make the messages? trailers. That's true. Right? The director doesn't make the yeah. trailers, so I, I don't know. But who knows? Who knows? All right. What's next? All right. From 
Stubble McShave. Congrats to author Brandon Sanderson, who more than doubled the record on Kickstarter with 41.7 million for four extra books written during the pandemic. I heard something about this. What's the details of this? So Brandon Sanderson is a, a famous fantasy author. He's also the person that finished Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. Right. Oh, That's right. Nice. So so he's he's got a huge audience and he has done Kickstarters before to release really beautifully bound hardcover versions of his novels. Over the pandemic, he wrote four books. And he just came out and said, self-published like he's done before, that I have four books and over the next, like, you know, two years, I'm going to release them. And he just kickstarted them and he's going to do really nice bound editions like he's done before. But he ended up making, what is it, 41 million? Did Is that? 41.7. 41.7 million dollars to release these four books right wow. to the publisher. Now, I will say this. You know what else he did, John? He went on to Kickstarter and found other authors because a lot of authors came out and said, oh, great. Brandon Sanderson, you know, made $41 million. He went on and from what I understand, he found 300 other Kickstarters for other authors who were trying to get money for their books. And he supported 300 Kickstarters with all that money. That's amazing. Amazing. By the way, got to call out something in the live chat. By the way, I wouldn't know who this guy is without Stubble McShave, just so right. you know. So somebody in the live chat, Gage, says you can't promote Thor when Doctor Strange is a month away and the biggest MCU movie since Endgame. Use your brain, John. Wow. Yeah. Because it's not like they dropped a Doctor Strange trailer before Spider-Man No Way Home came out. It's not like they've dropped trailers to other movies coming later. I mean, if only I would just use my brain. My goodness. Well, you have to go see the wizard for that. Guys, proofread your messages before you say something stupid. All right. Oh, What's come next? On, John. From My Comic Planet, one of two. John, did you hear Tiger Woods is trying to play in the Masters next week? It's only been about a year since the accident that almost killed him. Suffering fractures to both tibia and fibula in his right leg. I'll be rooting for him, but do you think his leg can hold up for four straight days? Well, I mean, I'm no doctor, so I, I don't really know, but he's already played another event. Yeah. Like, he's already done the warm-up. He's there, and if he's been cleared and he's up and walking around, I don't know how long these injuries They don't call stay. him Tiger for nothing. Yeah, they don't call Come him on. Tiger for nothing. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, since he already did another event earlier, I don't see why he couldn't do it. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully everything does hold up well for him. All right, what's next? From Daniel Lott. Oh, no. From Ben Reiner. Uh, today is my 35th Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ben. So I can on today's birthday, and I ordered the Mac Studio. Wow. What's a good birthday movie? Bring on the filthy. Um, 13 going on 30. Oh, that is a good one. Happy birthday I don't birthday know if that's a me. birthday one there. A happy death so. day. Happy death day. I love happy death day. Um, by the way, as far as the Mac Studio... My new Mac Studio just showed up yesterday. Ooh. I got the Mac Studio Ultra. How big is it? Um, you know? I haven't pulled that out of the box yet. Okay. Now, the reason I got it is I'm not even the one who's going to be using it. <laughs> I got this amazing, amazing top-of-the-line computer they have, and I'm not even going to be the one to use it. In fact, Checker Jonathan's <laughs> going to be the one to use it. So, But I am going to pull it out of this box and put it through its spaces. I am very excited to, man, and I hope you get it, and I hope you have a good time with it. And happy birthday, Ben. I hope you have a great one, man. All right, what's next? From Dalton Gray. Hello, John and crew. I saw Morbius last night, and I thought it was pretty okay. Not the best, but not a dumpster fire. 
Thank you for all you guys do and have a good rest of your bad day. LOL. I think a perfectly reasonable thing Dalton just said. Absolutely. Perfectly reasonable. I like I, it's again, it's the one I watched. It's like, I, yeah, I can totally see some people are going to enjoy this a little bit more than I did. Some people are going to dislike it a little bit more than I did. I thought it was a movie. I was disappointed. I did not think it was good. But I didn't think it was a complete dust for fire, and I can see where. So I, I am right there with you, Dalton. I mean, I, you liked it more than I did, clearly. But I'm glad you did, and I could totally see that. I think it's a totally rational response to the film. All right, what's next? Daniel Lyons sending in a $50 super wow, chat. Wow, thank you, Daniel, so much for supporting us on that level, man. Amazing. Hello, John and crew. If you had to choose one of these franchises and the rest are gone forever, this Ooh, includes everything, I hate these questions. movies, TV shows, games, etc. which one of these do you choose? Star Wars. Stop. There it is. I mean, there's no need. You can say anything else. Star Wars. That's yeah. it. Star Wars is everything. Star Wars is life. Star Wars is the reason the Hollywood blockbusters exist today at all. I mean, but for this guy over here, it follows up a Star Trek. Sure. Yeah, but nobody would take that seriously. Nothing? <laughs> I don't, I, you know, it is Nothing? a... It is I'm April kidding, Fool's Day, and if you continue to spout foolishness, that's your prerogative. No, but I mean, obviously, oh the answer to that question is Star Wars. I mean, it, what are the other? What are the other choices? Uh, James Bond, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, all great. I mean, all of these options are terrific options. They're all fantastic. There's a lot more Star Trek than there is Star Wars, so I will take Star Trek if only for the long-term entertainment value. There's a lot more of it. Yeah, a lot more of it. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say something, but I've decided not to. <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. From- By the way, again, Daniel, thank you so much for supporting him. That's that level, man. B- believe me, we recognize that. And we thank you so much for the support, dude. All right. What's next? From Ritwick. Hey, John and crew. I loved Morbius. It was amazing, action-packed, and emotional. Sony did a this is cinema job with this one. It was my first experience of private screening. Me and my brother, nobody around. Woo! Morbius. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I've been a little bit distracted because I, I just got, oh my God, I just got an email. When, whenever an email comes in and it's, it's, it's the, the subject line is you just got paid, that always gets my attention. I had totally forgotten about this. I had put in, I, su- I submitted a video of my dog, Shadow. Oh, cute. To Junkin Media. And because they put out these videos, I gave them the rights to this this video. And it's it's simply, a, I, I should find the video and pull it up, but it's, it's simply so a video cute. of me. I said, Shadow complains when you stop petting her. And so it's a video of me petting her. Then I stop. She lifts her head and looks at me and goes, Arr! and so I start petting her again. Then she puts her things down. I stop petting her. And she looks at me and starts growling. And then I start petting her again. Okay. Stop petting her. And barks at me. And apparently, apparently, my dog is a provider in this household. <gasps> Yay, Shadow! I got a check for $157. Wow! wow. All right, there we go. Yeah, that's the way to put the dog to work. Royalties for that video. So would you oh. say that you're a, now you, you create content for the internet? I'm a content creator. Wow. My dog is a content creator. Why needs a button, a YouTube button, a That's small fantastic. edible bone hide button? I think she needs for your members. She needs a our uh, dog has earned a, its a, an icon. Oh yeah. Man. But now we gotta now I gotta look at our other dog, Lily, and say, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What have what you done for you me doing, lately? Lily? That's that's how I feel. Gimli and Trico. Gimli's done a short film. He got paid in a blanket and wine. Trico, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, what was where did we leave off? Was it uh, over here? Yeah, with more BS, which I'm assuming that's what that is. 
Uh, Although it makes sense that one. you had a private uh, theater. Oh, wow. no one was there. No yeah, one? nobody was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it was amazing action pack. Hey, listen, whatever. I, I, I can't tell if Ritwick is being sarcastic. No, he is. I've okay. been chatting so, with him in the yes. chat the whole That's time. That's too bad. I was kind of hoping we had somebody that I actually really loved and had a great experience with it. Come on, there's got to be somebody out there that loved it. That would have been a visit to McGuffins plenty of times if he wrote that. Yeah. Visit to McGuffins. I think that's the problem. I saw that movie so sober. Man. You need a little help. All right, what's next? Mr. Hank Dunn, Tombstone Pizza presents Morbius. But Tombstone Pizza is still pizza. True. It's still pizza. All right, what's next? All right, from Dylan Payton, Morbius was such a mess, would rather see Batman. What, what kind of comparison is that? Man, Joe Dirt was terrible. I'd rather watch Godfather. Well, I mean, of course you would. I mean, Batman's amazing. Of course you would rather. I just needed it to be good. I don't. I don't want this to destroy my head. So, can someone explain to me the Tombstone reference? What What was that about? Oh, Tombstone Pizza. Tombstone Pizza is like one of the worst pizzas you can get. Oh, but pizza. This, okay. this is like a, a thing my husband does all the time too, where he's like, movies can be like Tombstone Pizza. They can be awful, but it's still pizza. But it's still pizza. About That's this right. Too. We're yeah. talking about That's right. All right. What's next? All right, from uh, uh, Jaron Morris, who wins Prime? Uh, Prime, Ronda Rousey versus... uh, Valentina Shoshenko. Thank Uh, you. Valentina Shoshenko. I mean, listen, Ronda Rousey was more dominant with her field than even Valentina is with her field. But if they were to fight today, like if you took Ronda as the prime example, that mixed martial arts evolves... Not decade over decade. It evolves year after year. And so, yes, I think if you got Ronda Rousey, who was more dominant in her era, but I think if you got Ronda Rousey in her prime fighting Valentina Shashenko in her prime, Shashenko wins that fight. But it, because, you're, again, she's been the beneficiary of now being in a more evolved kind of state of MMA than Ronda Rousey was, who really was the founder. She was really the forerunner. The the What's, what's you call somebody who, like, paves the way? They're the pioneer. She was the pioneer of women's MMA in many ways. So, but yeah, Shishenko wins that fight. All right, what's next? From uh, Ryan, son of uh, Hercules, why does Tarantino hate movies from the 80s? I've never heard him say he hates movies in the 80s. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you'd have to give us a little bit of context there, Ryan. All right, what's next? Remember, Bulldog, Moon Knight proves the PG-13 can still be violent. Rated R does not make it better. I agree with that. Well, the Batman proves that. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've talked about that a lot. Like you, 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 a PG 13 works perfectly well. R does not equal better. I mean, I think we've seen no. that a million times. So you're right about that rumor. All right. What's next? Jedediah again. Ray, there's a new Bob's burger special, uh, a special look trailer set to debut at WonderCon on April 3rd. Can't oh. wait. It's gotta be better than the trailer they yeah. have now. Cause that trailer's terrible, man. By the way, WonderCon starts today. Oh, does it? Does it? Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Well, today's Friday. Yeah. Just I know bang. you're really looking forward to Bob's Burgers, but you didn't like that trailer either, did yeah, you? I'll, we'll wait. I'll wait for this trailer to come out. Maybe it'll tell me more. But I'm still going to watch it, even if oh, it's just as if even if it's just as confusing as the first one. I hope it's better. Eh. All right, what's next? From Matt McClure, y'all watch Last Kingdom? Nope. Nope, never seen it. I know the one you're talking about, but I, I have I not haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. All right, what's next? But I've seen Kingdom. Yeah, I've seen Kingdom as well, yeah. Wait, wait, which kingdom are you talking about? I'm talking about the Korean zombie. Uh, me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've seen that one. All right, what's next? From My Comic Planet, some of the best films that take place in one day. Die Hard, Clerks, The Breakfast Club, 12 Angry Men. What do you think? 
Yeah, these are great. Um, I would add Buried to that, which takes place in like in, in literally two hours. Lock. I love the Tom Hardy movie. Lock, Lock yeah, which is very similar in a lot of yeah. different ways to Buried. My the dinner Batman. with Andre. <laughs> <laughs> the Batman. Um, try to think of some other ones. Usually, I think in terms of movies that take place in one location, as opposed to one. Obviously, you talk TV shows. Are we all thinking the same thing? TV shows take place in one day. Twenty-four. 24? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right. What's next? Yeah. Uh, I am awesome. Four one eight. Big argument in the pre-chat. LOL. Morbius was entertaining. I'm not looking for Shakespeare in my Marvel movies. Any movie can be nitpicked by critics. Well, no, no. Okay, but I would say this. I am awesome. I would say this. A bad, you can say that about any bad movie. You know, I'm not looking for I'm not looking for Shakespeare. Well, that that doesn't that's not an excuse. Like you could say that about any horrible terrible movie and just say, "Well, it's, I'm not looking for Shakespeare." You still have to be good for what you are. Shakespeare appeal to the groundlings. Well, there you go. But you've got to be good for what you are. And you're right. I think some people go into a movie looking looking for something really highbrow. It's like, "Well, that's not what this movie was meant to be." Clearly, Morbius was not meant to be Shakespeare, but what it was meant to be, I would contend it still didn't work, but it worked for you. And, and that's all that matters. But I, I don't like, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of just kind of throwing a generic term at a movie that's getting criticized by saying, oh, you're just nitpicking. No, I'm not just nitpicking it. It w didn't work for me, but I'm not just nitpicking it. It was a poor movie for me. It wasn't for you. And that's awesome. But I don't know, Rob, how would you address that? Well, I mean, look at the Jaws franchise. Jaws, classic, timeless film. Jaws 2, pretty good. I like it. But it's not Jaws. Jaws, Jaws 3D, 3. <laughs> not so good. And Jaws 4, The Revenge, this time it's personal. Not good at all. Four different Jaws movies, four different levels of excellence. You look at, say, the Mad Max movies, different levels of excellence. Godfather 1 and 2 neck and neck if you're going to make a movie about morbius the living vampire there's a really 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 great movie of, uh, in that somewhere mm -hmm. this version of that movie was not that good great version of <laughs> morbius us. the living yeah, vampire for us for, for, for us yeah, yeah, for you guys yeah, for i am awesome he he had a really good time with it and that's awesome but yeah, yeah but we're we're not just nitpicking it it's it, yeah for us it really failed on a number of levels um, and I don't think those are nitpicks, but that doesn't mean your experience can't be different. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. I want more people to enjoy it. That's, I'm dying to hear from somebody who loved it. That's not to say you guys don't nitpick like you did with Uncharted. <laughs> oh. Wow. That movie, that movie wow. Flexing Ray over there. Whoa. <laughs> right. Whoa. Let's keep going here. What's next? Oh, oh, oh. Nicely right. done, son. Antonio writes in, I coincidentally watched the 1968 Best Picture winner in the heat of the night with Sidney Poitier. Love that movie. Bitch slap heard around the world only hours before the Oscars began. One slap is slightly more courageous. Huh. Uh, yes. And by the way, we were just speaking not too long ago about in the heat of the night uh, because of the passing of Sidney Poitier, obviously. But, I mean, that movie and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I mean, like, those are two of the, the definitive movies of his career, obviously, and, and two of the most definitive movies in Hollywood history. 
they they were ahead of their times. They were progressive. They were like it, they're just so great, man. And those are that's a really good one to watch prior prior to watching the Oscars. All right, thanks a lot for that, Antonio. What's next? Ryan, son of Hercules, thoughts on Jim Carrey retiring? Well, we covered that already. Talk about it. If it is true and he is retiring, and I happen to believe him, then his legacy is already cemented there will never be another jim carrey no. anybody who can do what he's done all right what's next benjamin tam nice to see that blade runner 2049 is getting second life on netflix currently on top five list by the way i have the 4k blu-ray and enjoyed this movie great sci-fi and sequel to blade runner bring on the filthy you we were demand. just talking a little bit earlier about um john carter being like maybe the worst marketed movie of all time right up there with it maybe just behind it is blade runner 2049 oh. A movie that right up to the day I went to go see it, I'm like, I have no idea what this movie is about. You I watch the trailers, it was just, it. It, there was a, there was a, what's the word I'm looking for? There was a smugness about the marketing of, it, you just need to know this is Blade Runner. That's all you need to know. And audiences went, no, we needed to know more than that. And they never went. And they even, the, went to buy even the posters were terrible, the whole marketing. Yeah. And that film, by the way, that 4K disc, dude. Which is it unfortunate because the movie's great. It's one of the great home. It, you know, it's one of the great demo discs of all time. Oh, I love Along that Along with movie. Dune. Dune, those, the Denis Villeneuve one-two punch. Actually, I'd even go so far, even Arrival. I mean, those films, man, on a sit, that, that Blade Runner 2049, one of the great so sound good. mix of all time. All right, what's next? From Black Shy Guy. I really believe that Will Smith should have been arrested and it should not have been up to the decision of Chris Rock, but the main man in charge. Love you guys. P.S. Morbius sucked, John. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but here's the thing, though. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning who is just like, you know, F. Will Smith, what he did, he should have been right there and been arrested. I'm like, okay, that that's fine. But if you do that... You are, look, this this Oscars is already marred forever because of Will Smith's actions. It would be five times worse if video comes out of at the Oscars, the night celebrating the movie industry, six or seven police officers walking into the front of the crowd, physically grabbing, cuffing, and dragging Will Smith out of the, out of the like, honestly, like, I get that. But you also have to understand that probably the Academy hopefully were swayed by Chris Rock and going, this will just make things worse. It'll not worse for Will Smith. It'll make it worse for us. Yeah. And worse so for I, the country I, as a whole. Yeah. And bad for everybody. There was no way that anything like that could ever have benefited Nothing good anyone. would have come out of that. No. So did he deserve to be arrested in that moment? Well, that's up for debate. But you got to get why they didn't do it. It just would have, exactly as Rock you know, said, it would have made a Rock bad situation knew. worse. Chris Rock is not a stupid man. He he made a decision. Yep. He knew. He thought about it. He he knew. Yeah, and that's why he said, no, look, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just want to get out of here. Let's just leave it all. And, and so, yeah, I, I get it. All right, what's next? Uh, from Matt McClure again, have you seen Dark on Netflix? It's the best. First episode, never watched it after that. Dude, you got it so good. I know, and I liked the first episode. I did. I don't know why I didn't watch the rest. It's of it. really good, but uh, yeah, every, everybody it requires tells me it's it requires a bit of an attention span. So anybody who wants to watch it, it's it is it's not the immediate 
juicy goodness that some shows are, but it rewards those who wait. All right, what's next? Derek writes in, no Morbius out of theater review? Was it that bad? No, you know me. Look, when I came out of... Um what was the name of it? Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once? No, the G.I. Joe one. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. When I came out of Snake Eyes, like I, I hated that movie. And I, I did my review of that right out. I I literally just forgot. Like Ann and I were walking out of the theater. We start talking about what we're going to do for dinner because we got out of the movie like around six o'clock. So we're talking about dinner and I just totally forgot about it. And we just kept walking to the car, got in the car, came home. And that's why we didn't get that. All right. What's next? From Daniel Dang, what is your favorite Game of Thrones battle? Mine is Hardhome, Battle of the Bastards, or the Battle of Castle Black. Mm. Battle of the Bastards. I mean, because there's there were so many moments in that thing as well. Like everything from the death of his brother that like precipitated it and all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll go Battle of the Bastards. I, I would too, but I have to say the great thing about Hardhome is you didn't know it was coming. Yeah. I mean, when that happens, it was like, holy it was, I, I, you know, that episode starts one way and it goes another. And I do, I did love what they did there. Do you have a favorite one, Chris? I like Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, there's just so much going on in that one. Oh, they're all great, though. Great question, Daniel. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? William Bonnet. Are you familiar with Magic the Gathering, the card game? Any word on the Netflix show rumored a while back? Russos were supposed to be involved, but stepped away. Uh, dude. Um, <laughs> dude, um, yeah. I literally are, are have crates uh, of cards, including like leather leather books with my specific, <laughs> including my absolutely invincible white deck. Uh, and actually, it's funny you ask because just two nights ago, Ann and I like afternoon. So, what do you want to do? Ann and I like to find game stores that we haven't visited yet because mm -hmm. we we've only been living in this location for about a year, a little over a year. And so we drove out to Ontario the other night, found a new game shop, went in, bought a couple of new decks. Like, yeah, yes, played a lot of it. No updated information about the possible show. I know we covered this over a year ago. Uh, but yeah, Ann and I are big fans of... Uh, of that do you and ann still slap the owners if they don't have what they what you want yes yes <laughs> yes saying, wait what dude i'm low i'm low on green mana you where, where's where's your stock well we're all out <laughs> unacceptable unacceptable all right what's next from cash i just heard jim carrey is seriously considering to retire after sonic 2 i felt like he was starting to make a comeback of sorts any thoughts um I, again, we, we discussed it a little bit earlier. Yeah, he was probably... Look, the, the only reason it even looked like he was having a comeback is because he just literally... He decided to start doing less of it. It's not like he hasn't... It's not like Jim Carrey hasn't been able to land roles. Um, so I love his attitude. I have enough, and I've done enough. I'm happy. And if that's where he's at, man, I, I totally love it. Totally love it. All right, what's next? All right, from the man with the master plan sitting in a $20 super chat. Thank you, man. With your review of upcoming April movies, I've decided to sign up for a list, for a list. Oh, nice. My first purchase is Michelle Yeoh's Everything Everywhere. Good choice. Being a fan, been a fan of her since her first movie in Hong Kong during the 80s. Yeah, I've been, I, I won't lie to you. I didn't discover her prior to it. It was, it was Crouching Tiger that was my first real exposure to Michelle Yeoh. But I became a huge fan of hers ever since. Anything she appears in, I'm there. I want to watch it. And my God, she's so good in everything, everywhere. Everybody in the movie it is so good. It's such a bonkers, crazy, nutty movie. And all I'm going to tell you is that there's a scene with an employee of the month trophy 
that I will never forget for my entire life. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it is bonkers and nutty and emotional and funny. Oh, good choice, man. Great what? choice. Wait, John, did yeah. you just sell another A-list membership for AMC? I probably have done a lot of business for AMC. Hmm, Adam Aaron. Yeah, Adam, Adam Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> That's right. All right, what's next? Uh, from Chase, hi, John and crew. Went to see Morbius last night at Regal, and as soon as the movie was about to start, the fire alarm went off. You're kind of lucky, maybe. I went outside for about 50 minutes, no fire. I got two readmission tickets and so much more. Have a great Friday. Hey, listen, kudos to Regal. Listen, I say this all the time. By the way, AMC does a good job of this, too. I am shocked there aren't more problems. When you understand that there's probably about 25,000 movie theaters across the country, all of them having three to four showtimes a day. That's like 100,000 times a day in this country a movie is played. And when you understand all the moving pieces from the sound and speakers and lights and the projection and all that kind of stuff, the fact that we don't hear about more problems is actually pretty impressive. But when something bad happens, never hold that against the theater. The question is, what does the theater do to try to make up for it? And I've loved it. I've been in a couple of theaters a couple of times in my life, not often. And, you know, at AMC, the last time it happened to me was a couple of years ago. We had to leave the theater because the projector broke down, whatever. But as we were walking out, the manager was standing there at the door as we were walking out, handing us free passes to a new to whatever new movie we want and passes for free popcorn and free soda for the next time. It's like, you know what? Crap happens. But you did your best to make good by us for it. And kudos to Regal for doing that as well. And I hope you have a chance to uh, enjoy the movie. By the way, I just also realized Chase sent in a $50 super chat in doing that. Chase, thank you so much, man, for supporting us on that level. It's amazing how much you guys support us. Thank you so much for contributing to our show. All that time and money they recouped on Morbius tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Paying it forward. That's so nice. All right, what do we got now? Now we have a whole bunch of support from DAL, from Fredo, from Muhammad, from uh, Kelwinkle Art, Kia, from Superhero Displays, from Connie. Oh, guys, thank you so much for just sending that in just to be supportive. And guys, that'll do it for the end of today's rotten day. And our show of the John Cable Show. Again, big thank you to all you guys. You for turned your, it around, John. Yeah. I think all of you guys turned it around. So thank you guys so much for, <laughs> for your patience as we got started 45 minutes late and we had to change, start a new live stream and all that kind of stuff. Thank you for putting up with it as we got through today and uh, putting up with my rotten mood as we started today's show. You guys are like therapy for me. I want to thank everybody else sitting around who's just like living, walking therapy for everybody. Mm-hmm. We got over here. That's the wrong one. That, those aren't. Those, those, that, those yeah, that is not <laughs> living, walking there. therapy. That's like needed <laughs> therapy right there. We got Robert Meyer Burnett. We got Ray or we got Chris Carr and we got myself. My name's John Campia. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. Have a wonderful, fantastic weekend. There is an episode of Mailbag coming out a little bit later today. Keep your guys' eyes open for that. And for those of you guys who are members of our channel, thank you for being members of our channel, guys. Uh, The Mailbag episode will drop a few hours early for you guys because that's one of the things we like to do for you. Anyway, that'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, bye-bye.